Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of ENN. I am delighted to welcome you to episode 40. Yes, we are racking them up, racking them up like uh, dollar bills in my bank accounts. All right, that's not true. I'm growing broke all the time. So. <laughs> but, it wasn't bad. That wasn't bad, though. <laughs> but um, this, is, this is a dope episode, guys. It's our post-DC fandom wrap-up slash breakdown. And, guys, we are going to go all the way in. We are diving into the whole thing, all the festivities. We're going to, you know break it down like it's never been broken down before and joining me on today's episode of exiles network news podcast are my two homies my road warriors uh they're both riding shotgun with me um christian and paul hey christian how are you doing hey man it's good to be talking to you guys after i've come down a little from the high of dc fandom so it's good to, it's good to be talking to you now we can break this all down absolutely and paul uh, Mr. Yeah. Positivity. That's what the P in his name stands for, Paul. P. That's that's right. <laughs> uh, likewise, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into this tonight. I've been waiting since Saturday to talk about some of this stuff, so uh, looking forward to getting into it. All right. So, uh, Christian, you're going to be uh, QB1 today. You're going to be leading the proceedings, so uh, give us a <laughs> breakdown and carry it away. Oh, I'm a Rams fan, so you can call me Jared Goff. Hopefully, I won't throw as many interceptions as he does. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he hasn't. Yeah, he's not been that good. So fingers crossed here. I, fingers crossed. I love the man, but you know, hey, he got beat by Tom Brady. So if you're gonna get beat, get beat by the best, right? So I guess it's all right. But as Lupe said, this is our DC fandom breakdown. There was so much stuff. So a, a quick rundown. They revealed a ton. So if anybody who has been a part of this fandom from the very beginning. This was almost like a gift to the fans. Uh, you know, Comic-Con was not happening in San Diego this year, and it looks like we're not going to get any Comic-Con in New York City where I live. That's also going to go virtual. So DC tried something different, and they really tried to deliver something to the fans direct. And they started by building this entire online multiverse, which is now going to be spread over two days. So we got our first day last weekend, and I believe, gentlemen, stop me if I'm wrong, September 12th is the next day. And September 12th is going to be a little more heavy on the comics and everything, but this first day was truly a celebration. This Hall of Heroes was truly a celebration of the multimedia, Warner Media, DC-verse that is being created here under AT&T's uh, merger with Time Warner. And it was really all about the movies, the TV shows, the streaming coming from HBO Max. And there was some comic, would make me very happy. There was some comic book reveals as well, which we'll get into a little bit later. It was an exciting event, and they did a wonderful job of not only giving you a first run, but they had encores all at night on Saturday, and then on Sunday you could watch the encores the next day if you wanted to. It gave my wife and I, because we were busy that Saturday, a wonderful opportunity to watch everything that we wanted to watch. So this was, with some letdowns, a very well-run event, very well-organized event. They, a couple minor things about the scheduling, a couple things broke down once in a while, like video streaming. But overall, I think this is a big win, not only for AT&T as a company, but a big win for all of us as fans of this material and the characters and the comics and everything and the movies with massive reveals about the Snyder Cut, all kinds of cool stuff happening with the Batman. So off the bat, I just want to hear both of you guys high level what you thought of this. Just from a top down, tell me what you thought. Lupe, I'll start with you. What did you think of DC fandom? I think uh, it was a big swing, 
and they hit it out the park. Like this, this is uh, this is monumental. Can't say enough good things about the job that um, Warner Brothers did. Uh, a lot of the credit has to go to AT and T because um, this is this is the first time in recency that I can I have seen Warner Brothers being fan driven, and this was a fan driven fan focused event something right. that warner brothers has not been doing enough of for the longest time if you remember whenever warner brothers had um big announcements like this there are two ways that they do it they either leak it to the trades, so you'll hear about something in thr or variety magazine or they'll have this closed doors investor conference mm -hmm. which is where Marvel was kicking their ass because right. you know Marvel had these you know Kevin Feige presentations where he'd invite like a few fans and then a whole bunch of critics and bloggers to like a beautiful theater and really make a spectacle out of it. Um, but Warner Brothers they were serving journalists and they were serving investors and then fans were getting the scraps. Mm -hmm. Now that has changed uh with AT&T uh behind uh behind the scenes now you know coordinating everything it's a very fan driven um very modern technological uh technology driven um uh perspective and and it, they just they blew it out the water. The, the fun thing is that before DC Fandom, I was a little bit um, I won't say concerned, but it wasn't re it didn't really trend heavy in terms of like previews, and I didn't see a lot of presence for you know DC Fandom and previews and people anticipating it like they'd be anticipating Comic Con and that kind of thing mm -hmm. outside of the core fans of this who chew this stuff up and you know just gobble it up but once it started it just caught fire right like it caught fire and exploded um and it it, it was it was it was so good we're gonna dive deeper into things but um overall first of all that's just those are my thoughts like i don't really have any bad thing to say about it honestly <laughs> No, and I, and I love I like the what you mentioned too about the interactivity because like the interaction I should say because that that really is making a splash and doing those types of things. There were a few things that Warner and DC had done in recent years that did make a splash, but they were just getting crushed by Marvel and the the universe that Disney was building in terms of that, just in mm -hmm. terms of that. Mm -hmm. And this was something different. And you know, from the very beginning, I was out most of the day, and I'm I'm sitting there on social media taking a look at my phone, and stuff's just blowing up and it's mm -hmm. trending. So mm -hmm. I. Hats off to them. Paul, what about you? Did you get a chance to, to dive deep into all this stuff? And what was your overall thoughts on this, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I don't know how much more I have to add. I mean, overall, I think I think it was very successful, uh, mm -hmm. very positive. Uh, you, I, the, I think there was four of the, four of the trailers were uh, – four of the videos were trending or leading the, the trending on YouTube. Um, so it, it's got a lot, of, a lot of buzz, a lot of hype. Um, I didn't love everything about it, and I wasn't able to watch as much of it as I thought I would. But like you said, um, just watching your phone blow up, I mean, I think you got the gist of it, right? So, um, And then, you know, the fact that we had three shots at it, 
if there was something you really wanted to see, you could arrange to catch it. There was a couple things. I just, once I heard the basics, I didn't really care to sit around waiting to watch it. But um, I think there was something for everyone. Some of it, you know, I felt wasn't for me, but that's okay. I mean, again, they're trying to please uh, everyone and make everyone feel included in the DC fandom and, or fandom. And I think they, um, uh, they succeeded at that. So uh, I thought overall very positive. Uh, I mean, I would just, I mean, it blew San Diego Comic-Con's online presence <laughs> out of the water, right? Like, yep. Um, yep. So this this was a big no deal, problem. and I think they'd be crazy not to keep doing it. Um, so, um, you know, I, I don't know what what really more there is to add. I'm looking forward to getting more into the specific panels. But uh, overall, I thought it was a, a big win. And boy, can you you sure feel the difference since the AT&T takeover. It, uh, it's mm. just a huge step in the in the right direction. Yeah, and, and you know, last last week's episode, Lupe and I especially got into a conversation about, you know, the fear, my personal fear, I should say, of AT&T not necessarily knowing what to do with their comics division. And we'll talk about that, I think, a little bit later before we close out the pod. But I feel after this event better about their plans for the rest of the multimedia of DC. And, you know, Lupe laughs at me all the time because I'm always saying DC throwing shit up against the wall and seeing what'll stick. <laughs> and... They threw some shit up against the wall this time, and it feels like it's sticking. And mm -hmm. I, I feel better than I did before that they actually have a plan moving forward for their DC universe, and it will be multifaceted. It will be streaming. It will be some prestige stuff. It will be movies. It will be more fun like the, like the CW and the Arrowverse, and it can all exist by its – it can all exist at the same time, and we can all enjoy it. It doesn't matter what your taste is you will be welcomed by that community and they're listening to you as a fan. And that's what came across. Now, you know, time will tell if that's what's actually going to happen, but at least that's what came across. So last episode, let's move on. All three of us had an idea of what we kind of had our schedules, what we wanted. We had our panels that we were interested in. No matter what, though, the big reveals, the big ones that everybody was into that was blowing Twitter apart were, all, were the big movie reveals. So it was Warner Brother, It was Wonder Woman 84. It was the Suicide Squad. It was the Snyder Cut. It was the Batman. And it was the video games. Those were the biggies. And there were a couple other ones that were mixed in there like the Multiverse and Flash and a little bit of Shazam and Aquaman that were kind of more disappointing. So we're going to go into each one of these in detail. And we all said to one another last week when we compared our schedules, those were the big reveals that we wanted because we all expected to see new footage. We all expected to hear from the creators themselves, and pretty much that's what's happened. So let's run it right down the list, and we'll start off with the number one panel that started the whole thing was Wonder Woman 84. And whether you're looking forward to Wonder Woman 84 or not, they did this one right because Patty Jenkins ran the whole thing, and they had the entire main cast. So you had Gal, you had Chris Pine, you had Pedro Pascal, you had Kristen Wiig. Everybody was there, and I think they ran it very well. And it wasn't boring in any way, shape, or form, and they, we got a chance to see an, another brand new trailer with some footage that we already saw, but they revealed a lot more, and we got some more on the CGI. So for this one, I'll start with Paul, because I know your daughter might be interested in seeing this one. So give me your reaction to Wonder Woman and also the new trailer that we got. All right, so my schedule got blown up right off the bat, <laughs> because about five minutes before this whole thing started, I was sitting at my computer, and I saw that the Snyder Cut trailer leaked. Oh, and that's I, right. I, that's I think I I think I spent the next hour watching that Snyder Cut trailer. I I, <laughs> I, I, I finally started watching Fandom halfway through the uh, the Batman video game. The Gotham no, actually it isn't even a Batman video game. I guess the uh, what's it called? The Gotham Knights video game yep. or uh, yep. so. So anyway, I missed the entire Wonder Woman panel, but I did manage to catch the trailer and show my daughter the trailer, and uh, she liked the trailer. She wants to go see it, so we'll probably be going to see it uh, in the theater. 
Um, but once I'd seen the trailer, I, I didn't really care what they had to say. Like, if I was listening to them talk about it in the lead up to the trailer, I think I would have been more interested. But really, at the end of the day, and I think we said this last week, what I really want is is the meat. Like, I want the trailer. Um, I want the trailer. I want the important details. I don't really care to hear them talk unless they've got something critical I'm waiting to hear them say. Um, I'm not that invested in the personalities. Like, it's just not my thing. Um, I'm not that into celebrity. So I just want to see the movie. And once I saw the trailer, I got what I wanted. Um, now, in terms of the trailer, I thought overall it was more of what we'd seen before. Some elements that I thought looked really good. Um, some elements that I was not as pleased about. And and I think what was jarring to me um, was Kristen Wiig when she wasn't mm. Cheetah. Uh, and especially... <laughs> Especially that one scene where she's spinning through the air. Oh my God! I hope they reshoot that or just cut it. <laughs> it was painful. But but I actually liked her as Cheetah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. I thought Cheetah looked all right. Kristen Wiig not as Cheetah, not so much. Cheetah was good. <laughs> Wonder Woman lassoing the the lightning or whatever else she was doing. Still a little. I'm gonna have to see that. Um, the humor. I mean, we 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 talked about it last week. It's it's role reversal. It's Chris Pine, fish out of water in the '80s now, and I think they're going to beat that to death. It's going to get the chuckles, and the general audience will love it. I'm probably going to be sick of it after two or three jokes, so hopefully they don't <laughs> kill it too much. Um, but you know what? Overall, it looks like a fun family movie. I think that's the audience they're going for. Uh, my daughter is looking forward to seeing it, and that's enough to get my money. So. Uh, so yeah, so overall, that's what I wanted. I wanted to see the trailer. I got that. Missed the panel. If anything, you know, noteworthy came out of the panel. By all means, let me know. I'm looking forward to hearing it. No, I, I'll, I'll move to Lupe next. I, I will mention Linda Carter made a bit of an appearance in the panel. So for my wife especially, she was like, oh, she's there. So she got herself all excited. Um, I don't believe that there was anything major there. Lupe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but give me your reaction to Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, um, I feel the same as as Paul, I watched a little bit of the panel, but after some time, I got kind of tired yeah. of it. A, a lot of it, it was it was a chance for people who are fans and stands to uh, feel closer to these celebrities, for them to get a sense of their personalities, their excitement for the project. Um, they didn't say anything too substantial. It was. Mm-hmm. More of them just, you know, having fun and just shooting the shit. Obviously, uh, Linda Carter did make an appearance. Um, obviously, uh, I think that's quite strategic. Um, and it's a very good move by Patty Jenkins. She's always very smart about that. Drawing references to her film. So for Wonder Woman, uh, she referenced Christopher Reeves and... You know, Superman, this old Superman movie, time and time again. So you had that nostalgic association, um, which uh, played a very key role in the reception of the movie. So, you know, if you like those movies, if you like those actors, the fact that she paid so much homage uh, to it is going to rub off on you. You're going to have a more positive outlook on the film, have more of a... um, more of an emotional association to it. And she's doing the same with uh, Linda Carter. Thankfully, Linda Carter is alive and well um, and uh, able to uh, participate in this. And Linda Carter, she's a great sport. Um, I'm not sure how much they're paying her or, <laughs> or if they're paying her in publicity. 
either or. She's game, and she's there loving on Gal Gadot. Um, and I gotta give her credit for being a great sport. She's not like some people who play roles like a long time ago. They end up being like kind of salty mm-hmm. because the new a uh, person is getting, you know, all the attention and agitation <laughs> that they're quote unquote has been or whatever. But nah, she's um she's really supportive of the new team of Gal Gadot as a new Wonder Woman. Um and it's just it's it's gonna do such an amazing job for the film in terms of how it's received by fans, mm-hmm. by critics. Um and Patty Jenkins is just I call her a politician. She is so good with um controlling the narrative um with public speaking with uh, diplomacy with you know those aspects of of putting the film out there that aren't the technical parts and she's good with the technical parts too i'm just saying like this other part that's so underrated mm-hmm. she's a star at it she's an absolute star so that was what i noticed the most the trailer came um the trailer very similar to the first one i didn't i didn't feel like i got anything more apart from cheetah um i i really like the way she looks in her final form really it's it's what i always wanted i was always very concerned about what i had seen leading up to that and i'm, I'm with paul 100 percent. i don't like the casting i don't like the actress for it um so all the way up until she's the beast known as Cheetah, I'm I'm not on board. But once she's Cheetah, I'm there. I'm Gal Gadot, uh, wonderful as always. But I don't really like the glossy, um, polished, uh, overly manicured feel of of this Wonder Woman '84. Um, it's just not not my style. But it, I'm sure it, it has a lot of fans. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a mega hit. It's gonna be a mega hit. And for people who this is their thing, um, I'm 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 happy for them. That's what I see it. Lupe, one one yeah. thing I was gonna ask you, like I don't actually have a problem with Kristen Wegg. For me, it was it was just the the I don't know. They must have had our cables spinning spinning towards water room, and I thought it looked awful. Yeah, the, the, eye, um, the, 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 the eye psych, makeup, the M Bison Psycho Crusher. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the uh, eye makeup was was just. I mean, I know yeah, they're trying to lean into makeup. the '80s, but that was too much. Um, yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily but, no, her acting I, I had a problem with. Mm-hmm. It was just. No, it's just I, I like else. her as an actress. I like her as yeah. an actress. I don't like her in the role because she's a yeah. comedic actress. Um, and even if she's playing it a hundred percent serious, she doesn't have that edge. I don't think she has that range. There's an yeah. edge of Cheetah should have. Now, the, the argument someone will make is like, oh, no, she progresses into Cheetah. So she starts out as this, you know, lovable person, uh, this sort of ditzy, sort of starstruck, wide-eyed, you know, every woman. Um, Charlize Theron can play that, okay? Charlize Theron has that range to go all the way from there to the limit. Um, you know... There are a lot of actresses like that can do that. I just think that putting Kristen Wiig in, I just it's it's just to me it's it's actually like really bad casting, really bad casting. Sorry to, I'm, but, I'm still uh, reserving judgment. I'll, I'll give her a chance till we see more of it. But uh, I, I hear you. I totally hear your concerns. What, what did you guys think of the Golden Eagle armor? I mean, I know we've seen it before, but what's your final verdict on what we based on what we've seen so far? I think it's going to sell toys and merch. Yeah, that's kind of really like, like the if, way. I, 
no, I don't love the look either. I don't love the helmet. I don't love the way it just seems impractical. It just, it, I mean, maybe they'll maybe they'll sell me on it in the movie, but it just exactly like you say, it's there to look shiny and glossy, and it feels like it's there to sell toys. Yeah, I have no problem with practicality. That that's not. I mean, I love fancy stuff. I just think that. So, for example, like if you look at it, and this is just this is a personal thing, obviously. One, I think it's a great idea to introduce a new costume, right? That's always a cool thing to do, just to switch things up, make things a little bit more exciting. We see it all the time with our favorite heroes. Uh, the Dark Knight came with a new costume, black suit Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of, it's it's cool. So I have nothing against that. I actually like the concept of it, to be to be sincere. But I wish it was a lot more intricate. It's just plain and smooth all over. Meanwhile, I I think it could have more detail to it more some of that just looks like whoever was crafted it was this crazy master craftsman if you can think of the way um roman uh breastplates are with those uh fleur-de-lis and those um like leaves and flowers and there's a lot of intricate details i would have expected that this costume would, would have a lot of that now that would be making a statement, obviously drawing to her Greco-Roman past and also just making it like more sophisticated and, and, and showing that it's something that was made by someone who is just on another level in terms of crafting. But that's just do me. I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd for fantasy stuff, so I, I go do, to... Do either, do either of you guys know the origin of the, or the armor in the comics? Like, I'm not familiar with the story. Yes. I'm not... Cause what, yeah. So where, where does it come from? Like, what's its purpose? Read without, you know, without dragging this on too long. No, read Thy Kingdom, and I won't go crazy. Read Thy Kingdom come. Uh, It was a Ross and Wade uh, series, I think from 1996 or 1997. takes place in the future. Uh, Superman puts himself out of retirement in light of a tragedy and everything like that. And the armor allows her to embrace her more Spartan side, I would say, when she really can throw the hammer down. And it's got a pair of golden wings. It's got a golden helmet. um, Makes her more powerful. And later on as Diana, like she comes around to kind of like – accepting superman's more peaceful way of thinking she sheds the armor like she gets rid of the armor so like it makes her more of a warrior it's a symbol that she thinks others will gravitate towards so that's the origin behind it i don't know if they're going to go that way in this particular movie i i disagree with you guys i like the way it looks i don't i'm with lupe it could have more detail like it could have much more spartan detail if they wanted to um obviously in the comics by the way in that's in that series there's a sword made by a god and we've already heard from Jenkins, it looks like there's not going to be any swords in this particular movie. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows if they're going to put that in? Not sure. Um, that that see the the point of the armor basically is is like it seeks a higher level being, a higher powered being that's seeking out battle. She has to almost reject that at some point. It, it's it's part of her story. So I don't know if they're going that way in the movie or not. None of us really I, know. That I way, I mean I, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but honestly. Those those are things that were hinted at that there were those were places that were going to go in the first Wonder Woman yeah. where they refused to go. So I don't see how all of a sudden Patty Jenkins will have a 180 and be like, hmm, there is uh, more depth to this character and more um, serious storytelling that 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 we can do. Um, yeah, I, because even like to, for a costume like that, as I said there has to be a symbolic 
reason for it. I mean, we'll see. I don't want to. I don't want to prejudge, but just from what I saw that Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns did in the first Wonder Woman, um, I don't have a lot of hope. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet in their favor. But obviously, I could be proven wrong, which is which is which is fine. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's definitely possible. You know, I, now I, like you guys just said, you know, ma- much of this may be to get a new look for Diana. You know, this is simply a new look, a look for Wonder Woman they want. It could be part of her journey. I don't know. There are parts of the end of Wonder Woman that I actually like. I I like her embracing of who she is. I I really in- I liked what happened with Steve's sacrifice and everything like that. The battle with Ares let me down. Um, I didn't like that. But there are parts of that that I actually do enjoy because uh, I, I do think that Steve's sacrifice helps to turn her as well. So all of this helps her become who she is. But are they going to go that deep in this one? I, I don't know. I, I, I guess for me, I'll, I'll end it. My final reaction, the panel itself, I agree with you guys. This movie's been – look, it's been out. It's been ready. You know, so they've they, they been yeah, talking about this movie for how like, – For so long. Yeah. So you get this panel together. What more are you going to reveal? And I think mm-hmm. it goes back to what both you and Paul just said. It was like they were kind of just goofing around for the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Chris Pine is incredibly charismatic. He, he seems like such a nice man. Gal is perfection. And, you know, I mean, she's amazing. So it was really just came down to what can we see? And it was wonderful to have Linda Carter. But what do we see with the trailer? And I think this goes back to if you were excited for this movie like I am, then the trailer just kept that excitement going. And if you're questionable on it, you're probably still questionable about it because it didn't Mm -hmm. show you anything that if you already have second guesses about this movie that you're going to stop those second guesses all of a sudden. You're still going to have it. Um, I do want to repeat what you said, though. Kristen Wiig, she worried me because she's a comedian. It's not that I don't like her as an actress, but she is known as a comedian. And this didn't seem like it was being played up for laughs. And I liked that. And the cheetah design, I was much happier with that than I thought it was going to be. Maybe they're going to clean up the CGI a little bit, but that looked way better. Yeah. I know. I I really like the cheetah design. No, I don't think she's going to be funny. Because I, I didn't see any jokes from her. I don't think – but I think that there is a, like, every woman kind of quirkiness. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, she saying. doesn't – Kristen Wiig is not someone that you think of as this sort of savage, beastly, mm-hmm. dangerous person. And, yes, maybe for this story, Barbara Minerva starts out as a mundane person, which is perfectly fine. But I don't think she has a range to take it all the way – up there in terms of in in the comics she doesn't just turn to cheetah and then become it's an evolution of the person as well yeah and that character and also there's someone who's playing motion capture and is acting behind all of that so i just felt that i just like like there are several other actresses that i felt um would have been better choices not just like oh i had my heart set on like char char charlie's uh theron like mm-hmm. so many other actresses with more range it's just i don't think she has the range and my, my biggest fear from what i've seen lupe sort of cut you off is just that in amazing spider-man 2 jamie fox's overly campy electro the scientist mm, before yeah. he became electro yeah. destroyed that movie for me like there's mm-hmm. a lot of great things about amazing spider-man 2 but his performance as the scientist was, was so really cartoonishly campy that it, yeah. it, it just that's all i can remember from the movie it, it just tainted the whole movie i think there is a potential that they could 
have a similar take with her in this. And I haven't seen evidence to say that's necessarily the case, but it wouldn't take much. It would just take a little mm-hmm. bit of comedy because you already associate her with comedy to to really take the seriousness out of that character, maybe more than intended or maybe too much. Um, so also, I just hope that's not the case. Not to cut you off, also, some of the lines that she gave, I did not like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't great. Oh, the, there was some dialogue that wasn't great. Yeah, I want to be an apex predator. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and cheetah, cheetah is not the first thing you think of when you think of apex predator. No, you know, no, maybe I, lion, tiger, great white shark, but but and cheetah probably they, not so much. And I agree with you. I, I think they do have to be careful too because this this movie already looks more stylish and more slick and less gritty than the first one, and this is supposed to be the same universe where that truly amazing no man's land scene happened. I understand it's the 1980s versus 1912 or whatever, but it just doesn't. There's a feel there. I don't. I hope they don't go too far away from what was originally, you know, presented in Wonder Woman one. And it looks like they will. Mm-hmm. You can do that, I think, in a way where you still feel like they're connected. This needs to still feel like the same character. And you know, th- how much has she evolved between then and 1984? I okay, fine. But you still, I don't want it to be too much of a departure from the character that we got in BVS and then what we saw in Wonder Woman Part One. So. Again, I think before we move on to Suicide Squad, I think it really does come down to, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, if you were hyped for this, you continue to be hyped. Mm-hmm. If you were questionable, you are still mm-hmm. questionable on this. I agree. So, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, so the next big one that came out before we get to the one that you guys are going to jump out of your skin for um, was uh, the next big uh, panel was the Suicide Squad. And Yay! This is a weird – This man, this movie's in a weird spot. Th- there's a lot of fans. I think I think we have to say it. You know, James Gunn has had a bit of a questionable past online and everything with a lot of the fans, um, especially when he's trying hard to be a Howard Stern wannabe, I would say, maybe making comments that he shouldn't have and everything like that. Um, I'm glad he's moved past that. Um, but that's going to sting a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people that are, are going to continue to have an issue with him because of that, and they're welcome to do so, and he never should have made a lot of the comments that he made. Um, I think in addition to that, there's a lot of DCEU fans that worry about his hiring. Because of a marvelization of the DC universe, and we already know what happened with Ayer's Snyder cut, up uh, Snyder cut, sorry, Ayer's Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and now this is happening. I'll keep my comments to the end. I was pleasantly surprised by this, but I still have a lot of concerns. Now, this movie, and I'll throw it to you guys. This was a great panel. James Gunn ran this thing like a professional game show host. He did a really mm-hmm. good job, round robin, going to everybody. And by the way, Viola Davis knows a shit ton about Suicide Squad. She yeah, knows, I was man. so surprised. This 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 lady was out there, like, studying up. <laughs> Bro, she knows what she's talking about. She absolutely knows what she's talking about. So I was very pleasantly surprised and impressed with her. Of course, you can't – you know Margot Robbie's going to bring it. You know she's going to think mm-hmm. about – you know what she's going to think. And this was, without a doubt, the best-looking Harley Quinn I've seen on the screen so far in the little bit that we've seen of her. So I want to hear what you guys have to have to say about this. This is a who's who, this cast, and this is a weird cast for the Suicide Squad. So mm-hmm. I, this is – I don't know how they're going to jam all these people in. I want to start with Lupe because I started with Paul on the last one. So what did you think of this one? Um, so I, I am in the camp, the second camp, you know, you talked about um, people who are are really concerned about like the behind the scenes stuff, how <laughs> this is like a mirror. This is like a mirror of what happened with Justice League. Right. Um, right. In terms of. um. You know, they want to marvelize it, so they went and got the exact director, mm-hmm. and 
this comes on the heels of them having wronged the first director. Right. Um, obviously, with Zack Snyder, we had the entanglement of his daughter's, the family tragedy with his daughter's, uh, his daughter falling to suicide. Um, but um, so, so just ethically, um, I'm very, very, I'm deeply conflicted about it just coming in. Now, in terms of uh, what I saw, I absolutely detested what I saw. I did not like really? it. Really? Really? I, I think that Guardians of the Galaxy looks better than what I saw. Mm. Um, the, the costumes are are just absolutely abhorrent and horrible. Like the the pastel sort of colors they're using. Now, Harley Quinn, different case. I think Harley, Harley looked good. But when I saw Rick Flagg in like a yellow t-shirt, I was like, what, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is, what, like, come on, guys. Now I can I can see maybe James Gunn wanted to wanted to make it like a, a complete 180 from um, the first Suicide Squad. But people, let's not forget. In case you're like, oh, Louvre's just he's just a hater. The first Suicide Squad won an Oscar for its costuming and its it's like a makeup. Let's not forget. So don't let's act like the design for that movie was 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 like oh it was just okay. It was freaking phenomenal, and I dare you to go watch that movie again. It's one of the best-looking comic book movies ever made. I'm talking about just looks. It had its own. It's, it has this very dark but neon at the same time kind of like noir feel to it. That movie looks stunning. The costumes are incredible. I know that you said you like this Harley Quinn's costume. I think that that Harley Quinn has the best Harley Quinn costume um, mm-hmm. on live action anyway. Mm-hmm. I think all her costumes are pretty good, apart from Birds of Prey. Um, all her costumes <laughs> tend to be good. Like, you know, Batman the, an- yeah, Batman the Animated Series, fantastic. The, the Jester costume, we all love that. Um, the uh, Arkham series, like her costume there, also great. This but, one, her uh, costume wasn't bad. I, I like to you. I do want to say that for me, it was live action. I think what you're mentioning with the animation and the video games, they they still far surpass this. So I yeah. I agree it's, with you. I, I think they're all good in their own way. Honestly, honestly, I think that they're all all good. Like she's a very visually striking character, and it's hard to mess it up. I'm looking at you, birds of prey. So um, <laughs> so in terms of costuming, that's one thing I absolutely lo- adored about Suicide Squad. It looked like nothing else out there, and was just its own. Like, David Ayer actually created something that had never been done before. You can say whatever you want about cringy dialogue, hit or miss Joker, story doesn't work. And a lot of, we found out that, you know, a lot of things that didn't work, not everything, but a lot of things had to do with studio interference. That just makes this episode um, even more, 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 more of a conflict of, of ethics for me. But, um... That aside, I did I did not like this. But there are people who loved it. There are people who are James Gunn's James Gunn fans, and I have nothing against them. I, I'm not out there trying to ruin their fun or whatever. Like you, you, you should have fun with this. But in case you think like, oh, Lupe is biased, I think Guardians of the Galaxy looks better than this. I hear you. All right. Wow. Jeez. Scathing. <laughs> in, in some hey, ways. I call it like I can. I can only give the truth. Whatever you do with that is up to you. <laughs> Paul, can you bring positivity or are you also going to give this well, a double barrel shotgun blast? 
No, I'm going to bring a mixed bag. So like like Lupe, um, I fall into the camp that I don't like what this movie represents. I don't mm-hmm. like the fact that they want to reboot it in the Marvel image, and they're but they're not really wanting to call it a reboot, but they aren't going to call it a sequel either. But they're just kind of, you know, they're they just it feels like they're ashamed of the last one, right? Which I think is probably the state they were in when they when they conceived this and brought Gun on. Um, so I just I don't like that, and I'm not a huge fan of Gun just from what I've seen online. Even since he, you know, as as sort of taken his licks and come back, um, I still don't. It's just something about him rubs me the wrong way sometimes. So I'm not a huge fan of Gun. Um, I, I don't like what it represents. Like Lupe said, I didn't love some of the costumes. Um, what's his name? Peacemaker. Uh, yeah. The pants. It was just yeah. pants. Like the khakis. It just weren't, weren't working for me. The guy in the yellow. What was that uh, Javelin? Is Rick that his name? Flag. That's Rick Flagg. Oh, oh, no, no. But there's Javelin too. The Javelin. guy with the, yeah. the, 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 the Swedish looking guy with the long blonde hair and the yellow outfit. That's Javelin, right? Or am I mixing up two characters? Because one of them Savant, right? Savant's got long blonde hair. Savant? Uh, the one that is going to kill me now. So You're killing I can't me. Remember, I can't remember who these guys are. I know they had a separate little video on who each of these characters were, and, and some guys I'd never heard of, like Weasel, and uh, you know, and other guys I've only heard of because of this movie, like Polka Dot Man and, uh, <laughs> and a few others. But um, So there's a few costumes I didn't like, but like you said, I really liked Harley Quinn's look in this. Like, right mm-hmm. up there with the original Suicide Squad, I thought she looked great, which is such a relief after the horrible costuming in in birds of prey um and the one thing i will say about these costumes is as bad as they looked when they were kind of showing you the behind the scenes images they actually looked pretty good when they were showing you the the footage from the film itself i thought there was a big um upgrade when you actually saw the bits that were finished product i thought i thought that stuff looked really good and and here's the big shocker i i as much as i don't want to like this i actually think it looks good i actually I actually want to see this. I have a feeling. Unbelievable. Yeah, I actually <laughs> want to see it. Fucking believable. I'm not sure if I'm gonna let myself see it, but I thought it looked good. Unbelievable. No, I, I no, I don't mean unbelievable in terms of the the ethics of it. I mean, Mister, I hate everything that has a joke in it. Now you're the one who likes this. Bro, we gotta check the it might be I the apocalypse. It's possible yeah. Armageddon is coming. It's possible. Oh, shit, I thought it looked good. I'm actually looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, it looks to me like like a kind of a cross between the boys and Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I, with I, a have, little... I, yeah, I have heard someone refer to – I think – did anybody ever see Super from James Gunn? I did not, no. Oh, I wish I did. No. So, so, so it looks like a cross between the boys and – and super that's what it looks like and just before you go on there's one thing paul you can comment on this now the only thing that i think i might like <laughs> i think is really weird and it's 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 meta in some it's it's really meta to be sincere and if they didn't see this then i don't know what the fuck they're thinking the character weasel mm-hmm. what the actual fuck <laughs> is that that is pretty is best so, pretty messed up eh? and unusual Unusually large. And then he's licking the glass there too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, that shit had me roam. That's the uh, only thing in it that I was like, all right. <laughs> I was just, I was like, whatever that is, that's the kind of thing that's gonna like get endless laughs out of I, me. Um, but yeah, I feel like I would like. I think I would like James Gunn's sense of humor more unchained than when it was PG for kids. Like. Mm-hmm. I think taking the handcuffs off of him is actually going to create something I begrudgingly enjoy, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot like the boys, and maybe even pushed farther. 
on a bigger budget. And uh, so, and, and you know what? The whole, like, I know they were saying that it's kind of like designed to look like a 70s action flick. I was okay with that. I mean, my initial thought when they were in the jungle and things were blowing up is it reminded me of Predator. I don't even know mm. if that's an accurate comparison. That was just the mm. first thing that popped into my mind. Um, or even an old war movie, but I mean, not, uh, I shouldn't say old, but like the, the kind of war movies that were popular back uh, back in the days of Platoon when Vietnam War movies were getting made uh, uh, continuously. But this obviously is way more colorful and uh, yeah. maybe that's why I was thinking more Predator-ish. But um, yeah, shit, it just, it looks... I hate to say it. It just looks like it's going to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like it's the kind of thing where you're going to sit down and it's actually going to be fun for the whole time. Man, oh I, better, I better start Doomsday. <laughs> I got to start Doomsday prepping or something. It's the end of the world. <laughs> so, but trademark fun, right? Oh, God. So, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but uh, I, I, you know what? I hope I hope the next trailer sours me on it and I go back to being miserable. He goes back it. to hating it. <laughs> So it's a mixed bag. Dude, guys, listen, the, the cast, take a deep breath. Michael Rooker is Savant. By the way, Javelin is the guy you were thinking of. Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher, Bloodsport, King Shark, Mongol, The Thinker, Saul Soria, Blackguard, TDK, Weasel, the maniac that you guys just mentioned, Peacemaker. Um, and we think Bloodsport's daughter is going to be in it based on this panel. My concern is how they jam all these characters into a movie and actually make it something other than just fun. Like Paul said, or can they make something meaningful with all of this? Now, my I don't doubt James Gunn. James, James Gunn is like he's he's a good he's a good um, filmmaker. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy too, yeah. mm, mm, but but he's, like he's very very good, and he's good with um with um I think like Zack Snyder like an auteur in terms of. Just a bunch of things. He has a bunch of it. He's not just a one-trick pony. But mm-hmm. in terms of, um, I describe it as action comedy or comedic action. Does that make sense? Sort of like yeah, action as comedic. James Gunn is the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff he did in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, like action that's comedic. He is, he's an auteur. Like he is a master. So... Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not bothered or concerned at all. Yeah, it was very. I, um, oh, go, oh, ahead, was, go ahead, Paul. I was gonna say to your point, Christian, just before you move on. Yeah. Uh, if they're bringing over the Marvel fandom, don't they need an origin movie for each of these guys first? <laughs> like, don't start. You know, <laughs> let's be consistent at least, right? Don't start. I, you know, I like the very. I think you guys are right. Look, James Gunn is very stylish, and I like the fact that he embraced the insanity of actually trying to bring together a Task Force X and like how absurd that would actually be. Um, and from what we saw in this panel, Gunn seems to really love what he's doing with this movie, and the cast seems to behind, be behind him, so the chemistry is absolutely there. And I think a lot of that will come out on the screen. And i got to agree with Paul. I actually like the more polished footage than when we saw because I remember us. I think it was all the way back in like episode like 29 maybe or whatever it was. Those leaked images came out. And to a man, all three of us were like, what are they thinking? These looks like rubber suits and it looks like cosplay and it doesn't look very good. But the, the, the footage that we saw in this sizzle reel, if you want to call it, looked better to me. It, it definitely looked more polished and it looked a little bit better to me. But it remains to be seen how this is going to how this is going to go. That There's just a lot to jam into this movie, guys. There's a lot to jam into this. So, all right, we got somebody who wants to shoot it with a shotgun, and, and you know, Paul's cautiously optimistic. I'm surprised at you, Paul. Um, 
Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I'm not as hung up on getting to know the characters, and it sounds like that's that's a good thing because they did make yeah. the point not to get too attached. And I'm I've never understood this shit like. I need to get to know the characters. I need to be able to imagine myself going out for shawarma with them and them hanging out with me. No, I don't need that. You, yeah. you can introduce a guy and, and blow him up 30 seconds later, and I'm just fine <laughs> with that. So, uh, so bring it on, right? And I, you know I what? I think say, I'm, I think I'm really gonna like the peacemaker. Not not his pants, yeah. but I think I'm gonna like that character a lot. I will say I am disappointed that um, Idris Elba is playing a character called Blood. I think Bloodshot, like a Bloodshot. very yeah, Bloods, Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah, like a very um, like not a legacy. Like he should have been Bronze Tiger. Like Idris El. Like come on, man. I'm tired of the disrespect on Idris yeah. Elba's name, man. This guy is one of the greatest actors in the world. First, he was in Marvel as freaking Heimdall to the point that he was like, "I'm out of this shit. Like y'all should kill me." <laughs> Period. Then, um, he doesn't get his shot as as 007, which he could do with you know. He was just born at the wrong time. Okay, fine. Then he was supposed to be Green Lantern. They never made that happen. Now he's like freaking like blood sport, blood point, whatever, blood, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. He should be he should be bronze tiger. That's who he should he, be. He should be. You know, he's such a good actor, as you said. My wife is in love with the man. Um, I whatever. I got a man crush on him myself. Him and Hugh, <laughs> him and Hugh Jackman are two guys that I absolutely have man crushes on. I agree with you. Um, you know, the Heimdall thing, I have to say, too, I feel bad because he got hit with – you know this, Lupe. I'm sure you do. He got hit with a shit ton of racism, too. People are, like, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. pissed off that they cast a black actor for Heimdall. I didn't even give a crap. Who's, when I first who's saw Heimdall? Him, what, what am I missing? What movie Heimdall, is he in? He's the uh, uh, Thor. He's the gatekeeper to the, the Bible. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I remember him now. That's right. And he's badass, but – and I thought his costume looked good. And he was badass in all the Thor. He was mm-hmm. great. You know, mm-hmm. he unfortunately dies in Infinity War. But the point is, is that I, I, I still I know what you're saying about how he was like, fuck you guys. I'm out. I think that also had something to do with it. People were just complete jerks to him. Like they were they couldn't accept that a black dude was playing the character. And it's like, really? He was awesome. Did just like his eyes looked great. Mm-hmm. Everything looked great. What's wrong with you? Anyway, whatever. People are stupid. So <laughs> so we've beaten up Snyder Cup, but uh, not Snyder Cup, Suicide Squad. But I agree with you, man. He especially he's just too good and i and i really wish he would get something big but you never know maybe he's actually gonna have a bigger role in this maybe they have bigger plans for him moving forward so moving to the next topic when you're talking about the reveals uh warner media at&t they dropped two are big we mentioned 800 pound gorillas off the pod these are two big 800 pound gorillas that were very close to one another when it was the batman and the snyder cut so I'm going to let you guys talk the bulk of the Snyder Cup, but I want to set the stage. Um, you guys know everything about the movement. You guys were in it. You were a part of it. You pushed it. You did everything you needed to do. I'm sure seeing this panel, seeing Snyder interact with people, watching the trailer, which I'll give you guys my reaction to it after you guys talk about the, the trailer and say what it meant to both of you, um, had to be a payoff to what you've been fighting for for such a long time and what a lot of our listeners have probably been fighting for. And I have not been neck deep in this movement. I've made friends because of this movement. I've gained a new respect for people because of this movement. And count me as somebody who's excited about seeing this. Um, again, I'll give you my reaction later, but I can tell you my my wife is even now excited about seeing it. She saw the trailer and was like, wow, that, that looks really different. I was like, yeah, did you not listen to me? I've been telling you for like how long that this is going to be very, very different. I'll set the stage with um, Snyder gave us some really cool reveals. He said that in 2021, it's going to be four one-hour segments. 
as well as potentially having an option to watch it as an unbroken four-hour movie. I think that's fantastic. In quotes, I, uh, he also said that they are working on a distribution plan to release the movie outside of the streaming service. And as you guys know, I would be all in on a Blu-ray or a 4K release of this sucker, So, which is what I would really want to see outside of just the streaming service. But I know what they're trying to do with HBO Max. I've set the stage for the first part of our 800-pound gorilla conversation with Snyder Cut. I'm going to start with Paul on this one. Give us your reaction to the trailer. What did uh, the panel mean to you? What did seeing all of this mean to you? Knowing that now this is a reality, dude, coming up probably, I guess, in May of 2021. Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, it was great. I loved the trailer. Um, now, unfortunately, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I was personally disappointed at all by the leak, but mm -hmm. I mean, some of the some of the thunder for the panel was stolen by the leak. But I that mean, really sucks. That really you know sucks. what? On a, on a personal level, I uh, I was just happy to see it. You know, when that thing leaked right before one o'clock and we saw it, and I, as I say, I spent the better part of the next probably 45 minutes watching that thing over and over. <laughs> and, um, you know, at first, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll jump right into the trailer. Uh, yeah. At first I, uh, I was a little surprised by the musical choice. I mean, given that he'd done it before. Um, and you know, I was, I was, you know, one of the things I was looking forward to was hearing the, the score, hearing more of the score, getting a sense of what this was going to sound like and the tone that was going to come with that score. Um, and, you know, even even going back to some of the earlier trailers, I mean, I think we got a little bit of, of legitimate score in those early trailers. And mm -hmm. uh, I know I mentioned in our last episode that the no Kryptonians, no lanterns thing. I mean, that that was the moment that got me most excited for the movie mm -hmm. pre theatrical release. So I was looking right. forward to that feeling again. And and you didn't really get that feeling from this trailer. But, um, you know, I, I quickly acclimatized, I guess, to the song and, and grew to appreciate it. And and now, I, I mean, I. Um, I, I love it. I just love everything about the trailer. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that was interesting about this trailer was that even though these are all scenes that, that weren't in the movie, these are all scenes we've seen in stills uh, just brought to life. Like this is almost right. Right. like if you look through his Vero timeline, I, I bet you two thirds of the pictures that he shared with us found their way into or, you know, at least a decent percentage of those pictures found their way into this trailer in in live action which was nice to see brought to life so so for those of us in the fandom it's still he didn't really reveal anything new or more um so it was it was sneaky in the sense that he got on almost three minute trailer out here without really telling us without giving any more away because over two and a half years of fighting for this thing and him having to feed us these little breadcrumbs to keep us going uh continually sort of re-energize the fandom with these little with these little leaks um you know, there was the fear that are we getting too much of this movie? Are we going to know everything already by the time it comes out? And so he, he was able to give us a, a meaningful, impressive, impactful trailer without spoiling anything more. Like the only thing really new to me in this was um, I think it was the Dessaud. Like to see and, – and boy, did I like the look yeah. of Dessaud. Yeah. I thought he looked so good in this trailer. And, and you know, I thought he looked better than Darkseid. I thought he looked better than Steppenwolf. And I'm not sure if there's still more work to do on Darkseid and Steppenwolf. And even if there's not, I'd be satisfied with those the way they are. I think they look good. But I really like the look of Assad. I thought he looked great. Um, and, you know, going through, you know, some of the scenes, uh, you know, my favorite scenes, uh, the, the, the rubble from Justice League. Uh, sorry, mm -hmm. the, the the rubble uh, from the future, the nightmare future, where we see the right. Hall of Justice, right. and then with all the little Easter eggs in it. I mean, that's my single favorite shot from this trailer. I love that, and we'd seen that in storyboard form, but to see that brought to life as you're as you're sort of uh, you know panning through it, I thought was was awesome. Um, and then I think the most emotionally impactful scene was the um, 
uh, cyborg with with Silas Stone and oh, yeah. look, looking yeah. like his dad, uh, knowingly sacrificing himself for what reason exactly? I'm not sure, but um, but that to me, I mean, those three scenes were what really stuck out to me. Uh, but the whole thing, I just loved it. I've watched it so many times now, and uh, um, <laughs> I think I think that was great. And and then as as and, you know, it's done well. It's getting surprisingly good. I mean, despite a few attacks that I've seen online, particularly around the musical choice, mm-hmm. it's getting surprisingly good word of mouth. Aside from the the Scott Mendelson drama that uh, oh, you know yeah. we could get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for the it's panel good. itself, <laughs> um, you know, I, it was nice to see Fiona uh, get a chance to talk to. Um, to talk to Zach on this platform because she's been such a, a hugely instrumental member of this movement in, in terms of getting it off the ground, especially at the beginning. I mean, I don't know that it ever would have started really, um, you know, had she not made her contribution, uh, not only as uh, through Twitter, but also with the Force Snyder Cut website. Um, and then Dexter uh, got a chance to to speak uh, as well. And so and the interesting thing about the fans they chose is that they've chose obviously more adult, mature fans that are representative of his demographic. Because um, to take a step back, um, one of the things just sort of outside of the Snyder Cut pocket of this fandom, a lot of it I felt the tone of the presenters was definitely geared towards a younger demographic, almost patronizing and condescending at times, like particularly when Zachary Levi was Levi was talking. Mm-hmm. I, I had to turn it off. I was like, wow, I'm too old to be watching this. This is insulting. Yeah, his panel wasn't and, great. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had to go out and take a break and, and come back later because I was just like, this this makes me feel like I feel wrong for watching this guy. You know, yeah. like I'm we're gonna go into that one later, but yeah, I agree with yeah. you. It wasn't that so good. And, and it wasn't even a Shazam panel. I think he was talking about the video game. I think it was back when yeah. he talked about the Batman video game. So so it was nice to see that they actually chose a f- members of the fandom that are, are representative of an adult uh, fandom that's that's you know uh, intellectually capable and uh, you know and normal, which uh, which I thought was nice because that's not the perception people always have of us, right? Like they think we're a bunch of insane wackos, and you know the the media, the mainstream media, tries to present this narrative like we're alt right or you know whatever the flavor, the whatever the criticism of the week is, we're Trumpsters, we're alt right, we're uh, what do they call those guys at uh, incels? Well, you know, whatever, whatever it is, right? Like, so you know, whatever the insult of the week is, we've been we've been hit with it, right? So um, it was. I thought that was nice, and um, you know, then to see all the different interviews with the cast, uh, I was actually surprised to see Patty Jenkins come on because she, much like Henry Cavill, has just sat on the sidelines this whole time. When when just a little bit of help from her could have helped us so much, you know, mm-hmm. could help Snyder so much, and she just sat there quietly with uh, you know, with the, with, with a, almost a disdain for, for the topic. Um, so it was really surprising to see her come on and have sort of that amicable exchange and then how, how genuine it was. I mean, I always believe Zach's genuine because he seems like a, just a genuinely good guy that, that likes everyone. Uh, if she really felt that way about him, I wish I wish she would have stuck up for him sooner and more publicly and more vocally. And this idea that, well, she has to work, she has to save her own skin, she has to look out for number one – I just I don't buy into that philosophy. I just don't. And if anyone had power at Warner Brothers, it's her with the success of Wonder Woman, a female director of a female-led movie that was a wild success. Are you kidding me? Is there anyone <laughs> more untouchable? I, I'd, I'd be surprised, right? So um, it just would have been nice to have that support sooner. But it's it, that said, it's it's nice to finally get it, right? So yeah. so overall, I thought it. I mean, it just it left you kind of with almost a euphoric feeling that it's Good. actually here. I loved what I saw. Um, aspect ratio we can talk about. I don't want to. I'll let Lupe talk, but I still have some concerns with the aspect ratio. Pros, you know what? I felt better about it, but I still don't love it. But I can see, I can see the benefits to it. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I'll pass it off to you, Lupe. What, what do you, uh, what do you have to say about the whole panel? Um, 
I, I loved I loved the panel. Um, I've watched it several times. Um, mm-hmm. Just obviously, there's an emotional component to it. So if you haven't been along for the cut uh, for the campaign of the Snyder Cut, you won't feel that. I don't expect anyone to feel it. But one thing that I want a lot of people out there to know, both people who have been followers of this campaign, people who are um, loose, tangential um, associates, so to speak, and people who are completely against it is that this Snyder Cut, it's not for everyone. This is not a four-quadrant film. I know it's that has to be a crazy concept to people because people are so used to blockbusters being made for everyone and doing their best to appeal to everyone, directors and fans crawling on their on their knees and begging everyone to come watch, come support. You don't like it? Please let me convince you about how good it is. That's not what this is for. This is by the fans for the fans. Either hop on board the train of thought or step aside or get run over. Like at this point, Zack Snyder doesn't care about if you like it or not. Um, He's not making it. I've had conversations with him where he said, like, you know, like we've had conversations about doubling down and tripling down, as a matter of fact. Like you could see in his exchange with uh, Scott Mendelson, which we'll talk about soon, that, you know, you could you could hear in his voice. Obviously, there was the the frustration and the anger from, you know, someone, you know, commenting on the leaked trailer, but also his words about you know it's not for you like that's the point where we're at now and it's it's a it's a very good place to be um and i just i just that's that's how i'm consuming that's how i'm consuming this and i think that the snyder cup panel was for snyder, the snyder cup community you know um the questions that he asked like a lot of people wouldn't know like he picked Dexter and um and Fiona. So it was wonderful to see Fiona. She represented um uh the community very, very, very well. Um even though English is not her first or second language, mm-hmm. she did she did a very good job. And you could you could feel the love and excitement between her and Zach. They share like a very, very, you know, special bond. Um and a lot of people wouldn't really understand like some of the stuff things she was saying but she's very much like Zack Snyder if you don't know Zack Snyder he's a very um sort of like naive very artsy kind of person and when you think about that in just the the most romantic sense of who an artist is these people who almost have no concept of what reality is (laughs) they're so oh i want to make this beautiful art and it's going to change the world and it's going to impact people and both of them think on that same wavelength that's one of the things that really connects them like she has a genuine love for him as an artist she wants to protect him she feels that his vision can change the world and it sounds naive and and so different to a lot of people, but they both think in those terms, and um, it was wonderful to see mm-hmm. to see them inter- interact. And I know both of them closely. I know both of. I'm kind of like, 
it's kind of like two friends that you know and you've watched them interact and whenever they get to talk i just i'm just so happy and i always go back and tell them oh i'm so happy that you guys were talking and you know we 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 have fun with that but that's that's besides the point it was just for me it was very emotional very yeah. very very yeah. emotional um I, so I, I know I'm rambling, not making no. any sense. Okay. But to wrap it up, which no, I you are. <laughs> said it was very emotional. That's no. beside the that's beside the trailer. Um, the I, trailer. We'll talk about the trailer after. No, I I, I wanted to let you guys uh, go off a little bit about the panels because I I going to be completely honest. It means more to you than it does to me. Uh, watching those panels and what was more important to me was the little reveals, like getting the four hours and yeah, potentially yeah. getting um you know Blu-ray. That's that was epic. Important. <laughs> but, sorry, I didn't get into that. That oh. that is so fucking epic. I thought it was gonna be six six episodes because I was thinking of business wise, maybe they'll right. want to you know milk right. it two a months, little two bit. Months, yeah. yeah, but four hours. As long as they don't give us one a month, man. Oh god, they better not yeah. do that. <laughs> no, no, I think, no, no, that would be that would be absolutely horrendous. But um, yes, but that that's that is absolutely fire. Like four hours oh my goodness my, it's it's melting my brain it really is well here, here's the question and that i still have coming out of that because of that comment is, is some of this additional footage is probably in order to make these things fit episodic format right like maybe in mm-hmm. a sort of a cliffhanger ending mm-hmm. at the right point in the film but then he said well and at the end we're going to try and stitch it together into a single film mm-hmm. so does some of that footage that he, some of that extra footage he has to film to make it episodic come back out when you put it back yeah, in a single film be, does it change yeah. like are we looking at two slightly different products as opposed to one blended together cup which i think he is because when he says well we'll figure some way to stitch it out i mean that's not just gluing four pieces together that's tweaking it a little so the, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see no. if it's a, how how different that product is. is yeah i think as it is right now it's probably you know there there is no there are no breaks there are no cliffhangers right as you have in mini series or mini sagas um so he'll have to film those and all you have to do is take those out or whichever ones can still be left in you leave it and just and you just make it more cohesive but in terms of um the distribution channels that he talked about my suspicion i'm willing to bet on it is uh imax there's definitely going to be imax showings grace randall actually said that there's going to be IMAX showings uh, in black and white, mm-hmm. and I'm sure those will be that, specially color graded. They're not just going to desaturate and drop it. That uh, doesn't make like sense to me, though, because I want IMAX color. I mean, black and white's an interesting novelty as like an extra disc on a Blu-ray, but I don't, I don't want to go to IMAX to watch it black and white. Hey, dude, be- dude, <laughs> hey, dude, like I'm telling you, like, like you never know. Like I, I actually have a copy of BVS in in uh, black and white, just desaturated, not specially color graded, black and white, and I think. The green from Kryptonite is left in, um, and it looks—it's a completely different feeling. It's stunning. So, um, yeah, you know, I have to admit, like they did the—you know—James Mangold did that for Logan. He mm-hmm. did it black and white, and it—I thought I was gonna hate it. I thought I was gonna hate it, and it—it's something different. Yeah, it is. It's, Mad it's, Max also has one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be terrible, you, and I was like, "You know wow, what? If they bad. released an IMAX color and IMAX black and white, I'd go watch, watch both. But if I had to pick one, I at least want to see it in color. I mean, if this is my one well, shot to see it one. Yeah, on a big screen, give it yeah. to me in color first, then give me the extra. But hey, I guess beggars can't be choosers. If this thing hits theaters, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go see it, and and I'm going to be happy just that it hits theaters because and and also, it it might just be it might be a a marketing reason, right? Because you've already you've already shown the film. 
in in color and it's available for people on the platform so why would they really go to theaters to see it in in color like that's not enough of an incentive but if you say it's been specially color graded it's a special uh, presentation limited because like for me i I won't like like if it's in color the only reason why i'll go to see is to support and make sure that you know because i'm in for a penny in for a pound like i want them to know that you know that i'm putting my money where my mouth is but there's really no reason to see because my home theater setup is pretty fucking awesome i don't need to see anything in 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 theaters really to be honest well, what I, I don't what need I would like, if if i had my choice i'd put it i'd see it in color on 1.66 in 1.66 on my home tv on hbo max and then put it in theaters at the full 1.43 IMAX format I, he was talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's what I'd like to see. That would be my choice, right? Yeah. Because even, I mean, and that's something we can talk about if, you know, when we're all done the other stuff. The mm-hmm. aspect ratio of 1.33, I mean, yes, you get the full frame. And you could even see the corners of the film in some of those shots. Like the, uh, the Aquaman scenes and a little bit in the Wonder Woman and a little bit in the uh, Flash Iris West. You can see the black corners of... What I'm assuming that's the actual film because they all have the sort of the rounded corners on some of those shots. Um, you know, I, I, I like the widescreen crop. I don't know if we'd lose a ton, but you do appreciate on some of those scenes the extra at the top and bottom. But but that's going to mean a lot more to me on a giant screen than mm. it is on my home screen. And I, mm-hmm. I have I mean, I have a good sized screen, as you guys know, in my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went down there and I watched this thing repeatedly and. And, and you know it's it's fine, but but they mm-hmm. are big bars. Like these are not small black bars we're talking about. Mm-hmm. At 1.33, this is a quarter of your screen, 25% mm-hmm. gone to black, which is actually the same as a 2.35 by one. Yeah. Um, you lose 25% of your screen, but I I typically prefer the the widescreen format as opposed to the the, the square. Probably subconsciously because I still associate square with the old mm-hmm. watching SD TV on HDTVs when it when it first yeah. when it first came out. Um, but you know what? Hell, I'm I'm just happy to be getting it. But I really hope they give us both choices. Like, it was, can like, I say well, something? Go ahead. Yeah, I, go ahead. Just, yeah, just for going, like, I have gotten used to the black bars on the side. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. it anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I at first I don't hate it anymore. Really quickly, like, yeah, yeah, it's like right now I'm I'm okay with it. Like, it, it's you not know, it's not jarring. It's not as jarring as um, and, and that's what all these things are, right? It's about you just getting used to it. Like, for example, like widescreen is because we've associated it with prestige cinema. We've seen it for a long time. It's it's about your eyes getting adjusted to, to viewing something uh, a particular yeah. way. Well, I do also like yeah. when my full screen is used up too. I mean, and I'd be willing to sacrifice. Like, like I don't, I will not zoom. I won't degrade uh, resolution by zooming it. And when it's with a straight zoom, you don't get the you don't get an appropriate crop, right? Like you don't get mm-hmm. someone choosing the best 16 by nine image. You just cut mm-hmm. the top and bottom, right? So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to alter my image mm-hmm. in any way. I'm going to watch it in the way it's presented. But if I had my choice, I would want 1.66 or 1.77 or 1.85 crop to, to Snyder's liking um, on my home viewing experience. And then you mm-hmm. want to give me that big square screen on a giant IMAX screen. Let's go for it. But uh, and then that gives me an extra incentive to see what I missed. What did I lose in those in the top and bottom, especially on scenes like the nightmare scenes where you can really appreciate that extra that extra height. Like for me, the one shot in that whole trailer where I really said, oh, I can kind of see why you want the extra top and bottom was the, the nightmare future. Was right? the nightmare future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. I think it's easy to get like really technical with all that kind of stuff. And like we really 
we could we could go down that rabbit hole but i i think you have to at least for me so i could get selfish on this one it, it's so important and so meaningful that you got the footage that that's what's more important and i know what you were saying when you were breaking down the trailer paul that like you're like well you know what if you go by if you go down zach's timeline if you go on his vero you'll probably see a ton of these reveals but seeing that shit in a put together trailer to prove that this is what's coming it's polished um, you know, the CGI is getting worked on. That's what's more important right now. And I think, like, the biggest takeaway for me was that we got that. And, like, certain things like Steppenwolf, who is a really difficult character to make look good. And I know he's got his fans for some reason, the Justice League version <laughs> of Steppenwolf. Some people do like the way that looks. This looked bad fucking ass. I mean, this it was such a great incredible. looking version Some, of, of him. Some, something else. Like, it was, was truly like, something and Are we all on the were, same page that we believe he armors up? And then and then the armor recedes because like, you see the armor moving, right? It moves, yeah. It, it does. Yeah, it looks yeah, like there's a, like a, ching, there's a ching, 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 yeah. There's a battle yeah. mode. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Much like cyborg, mode. consistent with yeah. the cy- cyborg and the op- apocalyptic Which technology, right? Would make sense with it. Absolutely, and I and I think that would make sense with it. And I, you know, look, I agree with you too. I think the Zod look good for me. I I was really happy seeing that black suit Superman walk out. That gave me the feels of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. So I have Man mm-hmm. of Steel feels there, um, and that final tracking shot of the group together looks really mm. cool. And that was, I liked seeing that. And you know what I, you know what I have to say? I got to point this out and you guys might, might make fun of me for this, but did you notice the little smile on Superman's face? Like Kal-El yeah. people, all oh, Zack Snyder doesn't understand Superman. He's, oh, he's, oh, he's too dark. He's too this, he's too that. No one else is like, look, he looks like a rejuvenated Superman, a Superman, mm-hmm. a Kal-El that has kind of started to find his place in the world. Maybe, mm-hmm. It, the one of the coolest things about Man of Steel was the fact that Clark is really who he is. Kal-El is a man that might be dead from another planet. He's gone. Kal-El is gone. Superman is the symbol of hope that us as the people of the Earth need to look for. But Clark is who he is. He wants to be Clark Kent. He wants to live as a human, live among us. And there's that journey. And I just love the fact that he has a little smile on his face and people are, uh, you know, it's Clark never smiles in, in, you know, Zack Snyder's movies. And yeah, he kind of does, you know, you got it. He's <laughs> he very, he's a very human character. Yeah. He does when it's appropriate, right? He's very like, human character. He's, he's not going to be fighting a, a dangerous opponent and smiling like it, it and smiling goofily because there are no. different types of smiles, right? Like wonder woman, she smiled when she fought doomsday, but yes. that was, that was that was a different kind of smile. Like some some people when they're murdering people, they smile. That's a <laughs> you don't want that. Yeah. But what people really want is that goofy silver age smile that just that makes everything um, that makes everything quirky and goofy and zany. And those are another type of stories that Snyder's telling. Sorry, yeah. go no, watch something else. Go watch Super Friends. Yeah. Yeah, go watch Super Friends. Go watch. There's going to be Lois and Clark, or Clark and Lois. Go watch Lois and Clark if you want to. I and by the way, you guys mentioned it before. I I had to watch the trailer. I guess three times I had to watch it because the first time, I want to be very clear. I fully understand the song choice for the trailer. Mm -hmm. I get it, and I also read the story about his daughter, and what that meant. And I thought that was that was a brave choice. Um, and it was a very emotional choice, so I understand that. But it kind of took me out of the trailer the first time I watched mm-hmm. it because I don't mm-hmm. like that version at all. Like mm-hmm. from a musical perspective, I don't like that version. Mm-hmm. So I, it took me out, and I had to watch it a couple of times and kind of get past the song. And once I was like, okay, you got to get past the song, you idiot. Uh, there was so much good footage in that trailer. 
again, for me, you know, Paul and I already talked about it, Lupe. We, we talked about the trailer. You talked more about the panel. I want to end on you. Tell us what you thought about the trailer itself. What did that mean to you, seeing that? Um, I agree with you that the, the song was a little bit – it was off-center at first for me. But once I got used to it, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it took off for me. and It's it stuck <laughs> in my head right now. But also, I understood – why he was doing it. I didn't understand right. the, 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 the association with, with Autumn and, mm-hmm. and that even, you know, gives it more emotional re- resonance for me. But I knew immediately people have hated on Zack Snyder for using that in Watchmen mm-hmm. for years. And he's using it in this. What does that tell you about him? It's a <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, it's a big haters. fat middle finger. That's right. <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's part of what I'm saying. This film is not for people who don't get Zack Snyder. Like, if you don't like him, you don't like what he does, boo-hoo, cry me a river, and I'll build a dam, and we'll use the water to, you know, whatever. But for, 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 for him and for fans who understand him, this is he's he's telling you that this is this is it like we're making we're making this the way that he's making it the way he wants to make it. and that was the first thing that I, said. I was like all right this is a usual choice but what i've always loved about Zack snyder is unusual choices and i'm 100 percent here for that whether i'm in love with the unusual choice or not um i really like the way uxus looked or uxus however you want to pronounce it uh, we we need to know that that's not dark side. Obviously, it's Uxus. Um, I wonder what dark side is gonna look like though right. in like its final right. form. Because when you, <laughs> when you look at Desad and when you look at um, Steppenwolf and you see their armor and how apparently Apocalyptian technology has progressed over the millennia, dark side is gonna look fucking sick. What I really loved about that shot was look at it again look at the way the muscles move that was the first thing that struck. i was like oh my goodness that looks for the real yeah, um yeah. i i first thing is that also this was a teaser this wasn't a trailer mm-hmm. a lot of people like i saw some people talk about how oh you know it didn't it wasn't like narrative based um it was just more like somebody said it was like glamour shots like oh it was terrible it was just like i was yeah. like okay so you saying it was just glamour shots means you think it looks glamorous. So yes, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just a teaser. That's it. And it was really intelligently put together because basically he didn't show us anything he hasn't shown us before that we haven't seen before. This is all stuff we've seen before or heard about before, but it's just the final, at least close to final, rendered version of it. Martha and and um, and Lois meeting and hugging. We've seen that before. We know what that is. That's that's the Martian Manhunter reveal that he's already given us. So that's not anything new. Um, I didn't know that Silas Stone was gonna die. That's a fact. But we do know that there was a scene in there, and we have seen the picture of um of uh Cyborg shedding a tear. We have seen um uh the black suits obviously more more reveal of that the the apocalyptian future we'd seen the the sketches of it we just hadn't seen it like fully rendered so right. all these things we've seen before even the the tagline at the end that ben affleck delivers so badass you know 
it's actually like on on their t-shirt was on the cast and crew t-shirt you know they've never faced us before not us united Mm -hmm. you know so this is a great teaser and there's still a lot of time to go the 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 first trailer we're gonna get like more and more and also green lantern is definitely in this movie i i I, i'm 100 sure about it i didn't get it this time but i'll get it in the future um so I, I love the trailer. I've been watching it over and over again. It's just, and you know the way I watch it now. I just raise my hands to the heavens, close my eyes, and just wait from side to side. Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> my, you know what? I watched it so much, my dog started howling along to it. I'm not even, <laughs> I, I was gonna try. She only did it twice, and I was trying to get her on video, and I couldn't do it. She couldn't. She wouldn't do it anymore by the time I had my camera out. But uh, yeah, tells you how many times I watched it. Dog, the, um, dog, the one thing I was gonna add. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I'm saying dogs are the best. That's yeah, dogs are great. One thing I'd heard, and I believe, I don't want to misquote this, but I believe it was uh, Scott from uh, Scott from DC Film Squadcast. Um, I believe he participated in a Zoom chat with Snyder after uh, the panel. I think that was part of the, the, the Real Anarchy podcast. And I didn't actually see that Zoom chat or that podcast, but I did hear um, Scott um, talking about it. And I believe he said that that trailer – has actually been on on Snyder's phone for the full two years, and and that it's actually five minutes long, and that's why every picture we've seen on Vero was from that trailer because he just snap a still um, mm-hmm. and post it to Vero from that trailer when when you know the the fandom needed a need a little prodding or a, a pick me up, mm-hmm. and and apparently they only had time to finish three minutes of it, which is why we didn't get. The full five minutes that we had that he had on his trailer or had in his phone of this of this teaser, that apparently has I guess been there since probably Comic Con two years ago back when when there was a rumor because I remember people talking at the time like what if we had a trailer, and I remember thinking at the time well what what good's a trailer going to do we need a release not a not a trailer <laughs> but maybe that's because he had this thing and people knew that he had this thing sitting on his phone for two plus years and Lupe I don't know if you're privy to that information but I. I certainly wasn't, but it sounds like that was true, and that that's where this 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 stuff was coming from. I I, I I'm not privy to that information. Um, it's very very possible because he has had trailers, for example, like that um, the sneak like teaser that he gave us with Diana at the temple, looking at the dark side, and then we have the like that was something that he was going to reveal at a Comic Con, at one of the Comic Cons, um, when there was some chatter about the Snyder Cut that kind of fell through. So he does tend to have, you know, trailers and stuff like that. So it's possible. Now, apart from if he directly said it, I doubt that we will ever have gotten a five minute long trailer. That's 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 just not like that I just don't I mean, I guess Zack Snyder is Zack Snyder, so maybe you can't put anything past it. Well, well, that was that was yeah. based on the length of the Hallelujah song, because it was always apparently it was always intended to be to the Hallelujah song, so it was it was time to match that length, and they they abbreviated the song I guess to match supposedly mm-hmm. they abbreviated the song to match how much footage they were able to finish in time for DC fandom. It just I, I just don't like because of to be sincere, like okay, I guess we could say you know they could Zack Snyder he could do anything he wants. But that will be a very interesting risk to take because five minutes people are going to get tired of. I'm just, yeah, 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 ADD, I, I, man. ADD. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm not yeah. even talking about people who who aren't in the fandom. Even me, like, I can see a fi- a whole five minute trailer just being a little bit 
tedious, but you never yeah, like, know. Like typically, I, if you're going to do five minutes, it's a it's a segment of the movie. Like we'll exactly. give you the first five minutes. It's, it's a first look or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Interesting. Yeah, interesting though, but I mean the, the the pieces kind of fit. Like the idea that he had this thing in some form on his phone mm-hmm. and would just snap mm-hmm. a still off it, mm-hmm. and that would explain why some of these scenes were in a much less finished state. Uh, you know, earlier on in the whole mm-hmm. in the whole yeah. process, right? So yeah, I, I can I can definitely see him having cut that and had that on his phone. I can I can see that. I'm not yeah. saying that that wasn't on his phone, but I'm saying for for release, I cannot see that ever having been been the intent. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I don't know this is secondhand, so take it for what it's worth. But uh, I mean, I guess uh, I guess if you want to watch the podcast, you can do that and see, you know, see yeah. what they say. But uh, I thought it was interesting anyway, and the pieces kind of fit. So I thought that was a, an interesting note uh, to, to add on to that. Yeah, still an interesting – like you said, it's definitely interesting. And you know what? Um, to end it here, I think it was – if you're a fan of this, um, if you were – really looking forward to the Snyder Cut if that's something that, you know, if you had been a part of the movement for a long time, you can't help but feel incredibly positive from this panel. Um, If you're a hater, I guess you're still a hater. There's nothing you could do. But if you're somebody like me that has always kind of been in between, uh, has not been a full supporter of the movement and everything like that, and has only gotten excited about what we could see recently um, over the last year, you still have to be very positive about it. And this should continue to whet your appetite for it. There's so much good that I think came out of it and like you said Paul yeah they were a lot of scenes that we probably have seen before but to see it put together into a reel like that to get you excited for it I was happy with it and mm-hmm. and, and it like I said I, I sat next to somebody who had it, who's known a little bit about the story but when she saw the footage like my wife really was like wow it does look different and yeah it is going to be different so mm-hmm. positive I think and I'm happy for you guys and I think there's only going to be good stuff to come from here on out Moving to the second 800-pound Just one gorilla. thing. Just yeah, one ahead. thing before we were. Just one question for, for, yeah. for both of you. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of these reveals as stills or unfinished um, VFX or whatever. Were you concerned ever that, man, I've seen this stuff. So when I see it fully rendered and in context, whatever, it's not going to have the same impact as if I hadn't. Um, so how how did how did your expectation meet reality? Um, yeah, I, I, I want to know, and and then I'll, I'll I'll tell you guys how about it after. Being that you you already seen this stuff before, so yeah, I, uh, I can, I'll take that one. I mean, uh, so 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 there's a little bit like I guess in the context of this trailer, you could say that some of it's a, some of it might have been a little underwhelming because you already knew it was coming. I I, mean, I shouldn't say underwhelming, but maybe just less mind-blowing because it's not it wasn't underwhelming there's nothing underwhelming about this trailer for me it was just it it didn't blow me away because we've been studying these images for ages but but some like the the finished look at the the hall of justice rubble i mean that's the first time we've Mm -hmm. seen that anywhere close to finished as far as i know we've only ever seen that in like a hand-drawn storyboard so that that still blew me away and that's maybe that's why that image stuck i mean partly because i love the nightmare future but um so so in in the context of did it did it like lessen my um enthusiasm or enjoyment of the trailer maybe maybe slightly but but in 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 context of the actual movie no because what you care about with the movie is the actual story that's being told and 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 the tone and and as i said all along like when we started this thing all i wanted was the movie as far as it got finished even if that was 70 percent vfx even if it's ray fisher on green screen in his pajamas with as much score as they were able to apply 
Uh, I mean, that's what I wanted, right? I wanted to see mm-hmm. what this was supposed to be. So, mm-hmm. so no, I mean, you you can't you can't kill my enthusiasm for that by giving me a few stills and then showing me the finished version of those stills in live action form mm-hmm. later. Like it just it barely puts a dent on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, Christian, what were your thoughts on it? Um, slightly underwhelmed. I hate to say it. I was still very. Very pleased. You guys know that. I told you I was pleased, and I wasn't lying when I said that. I was still very pleased, but slightly underwhelmed because of that. Yeah, because I did – you knew what was coming, and, and I haven't seen the images as long as you guys, but being involved in this fandom, that shit's been thrown at me constantly. I see it a lot because you guys are sharing it so much, mm-hmm. so I see it a lot, Um, and, and I see what Zach shares. So it was more of an affirmation of, oh, wow, look at seeing that now in motion. You know, was really good to see. Now, Desaad, I didn't expect. I totally did not expect him. So, Desaad, Silas Stone is the look on his face. Uh, that was brand new. Totally did not expect that. Uh, and I, by the way, I've seen a couple of little mock-ups, but looking at Steppenwolf move for the first time, even that's like a brief second, was still like, oh, yeah. oh, you know. So to mm-hmm. me, it was like I really like that. Um, the little push for the nightmare sequence, I didn't expect that personally. So I don't know if that was you guys probably know that was out there before i did not so well um, only in storyboard but i mean to see the details like the joker card flying through the air Mm -hmm. yeah so that the the trident and the shield that was fantastic so when i say i was slightly underwhelmed it please understand that i'm not ripping it it's just Mm -hmm. that i kind of knew like you're oh okay a lot of the stuff that we're seeing i knew i was going to see but there were little bits that you know the third or fourth time watching it was like whoa so you know, it doesn't dampen the enthusiasm at all, but yeah, it was kind of like, ah, shit, I kind of knew that was coming. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. But yeah, but it doesn't really dampen the enthusiasm, Lupe. Yeah, no, no, I was just, even if it did, even if it did, even if you want to rip it, like it's your own opinion. Nah. Like, no, I'm, I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to, you don't have to apologize or preface. Um, no, for me, I was, I was concerned about that. I really was. Um, obviously, you know, more than anything in the world i wanted it to come out and because there are a lot of reasons for this to come out and as a lot of people don't understand it's not just about us as individuals so i want to see the snyder cut <laughs> it's also for Zack snyder also for autumn snyder for their family it's also an issue of ethics and morality and right and wrong and so even if it came out and i didn't enjoy it at all it accomplishes so much that pleases me apart from that. But I was concerned that hmm, it might not blow me away because I've seen so much. I know, like, you know, but I was surprised that it really did make a huge difference to see these things rendered well. Having, yeah, yeah. Um, although this was not a narrative based teaser. But it had a flow to it, so you get it within the context of other scenes. And then you have music in the background. You have a new aspect ratio. Zack Snyder's color grading. Mwah! Bellissimo. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Just, the big win is the tone, and the, and the color grading is yeah. part of that, right? You, that's you, that's you the difference. That as well. So, yeah, so all those all those things. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so it, – it, it, made, it made a huge, huge, huge difference – um, as as Paul also said, tone as well. So well, uh, go uh, ahead. I was going to say, and and going back to the Scott Mendelson point for a sec, where he says it it looks it basically just looks alternate version. It looks like cut scenes and alternate versions of already scenes we've already seen. Well, well, well yeah, no shit. This is everything that got cut that we wanted to see, minus all the shit we didn't want that got jammed exactly. in. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole point. With the right tone, the right color, the right score. I mean, that's that's the whole reason we did this. You know, to get the movie. <laughs> 
that he was trying to make, not the butchered yeah. version. Somebody missed the point. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> not this is an, enter- this is an entertainment journalist for Forbes, you know, like – and I, I don't like most of his takes when it comes to Star Wars either. I think he's got the worst Star Wars takes. But he just he just he just keeps missing the point, this guy, man. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> uh, good stuff, okay. guys. Good stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. That was a good question, Lupe. I said you had no nothing. Thank you. I'm glad you asked. Because I think that's that's relevant. You know? It is relevant. It's a it's a good one. So I don't know how you move on from that because I know you guys are pumped, but we, we have to because we're going to continue down the list on DC Fandom. But the other biggie, and this was another one that a lot of people were, were really looking forward to, was the quick panel with Matt Reeves and talking about the Batman. So that's definitely another biggie before we get into the video games mm-hmm. uh, when it comes into the movie world. So before DC Fandom, I think it's an understatement if we say that this movie was a bit divisive. Um, I definitely I have friends, especially in the Snyder Cut community, that are basically two middle fingers, not interested, mm-hmm. screw this piece of shit, and they don't want to look at it. Um, I have other friends that are going hard, all in. They they this is the movie that they want to see. This is the one that they're looking forward to. But so before we go into that, guys, uh, just a quick introduction here. We got a, a very brief intro by a very tired-looking Robert Pattinson uh, during this panel. Um, but I have to say he's changed my mind a little in the last uh, couple of weeks about his commitment to the role as the Batman. So hope, I'm hoping I have to eat crow at some point. I'm being mm-hmm. honest with you guys. I'm really hoping I have to eat crow. He's changing my mind in a positive way. So I'm hoping the same as I had to eat crow about Ben Affleck. Cause I thought he was going to be shit as Batman and he was awesome. I have to do the same thing. Hopefully with him. I hope Pattinson changed my mind, but the second part of the panel was basically just Matt Reeves and Aisha Taylor chatting about the movie. And they talked about Matt's inspiration for the movie. And there was a big reveal that we're looking at a Batman in year two, which is a good reveal there. He went hard on talking about his grounded tone and the very detective background that he wants to go for the Dark Knight, showing how he becomes the detective. There was no confirmation about this movie being a period piece, but the trailer seemed to show a smartphone being used at one point. So we're going to get into the multiverse before we close out the podcast today. So that might have something to say there. I personally have a ton to say about this trailer. I don't want to take the thunder from either one of you guys. I started with Lupe last time. Paul, give us your thoughts about what we got here in the Batman. Yeah, I uh, I loved it. I didn't yeah. see the positive uh, fall. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Now I I was I was positive about this one going in though. Don't forget, yeah, you like were. so you were. right no. from the beginning, right when we uh, right back when when uh, Lupe you were you were uh, beside yourself with his commitment to the role, <laughs> and I was saying you know back when he looked like a heroin addict with a six hundred dollar or six thousand dollar snakeskin jacket on, I said I was the one saying don't worry about it, it'll be fine, and uh, I think he looks fine. I think this looks really good, right? So, uh, um. It looks darker than I expected, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is great. It looks violent. I you know I said in our last episode that you know I'm looking more I'm looking more I'm looking forward to seeing the psychological aspect of the film, the detective take on it, which I think we're going to get both those things. I said I said it's okay if we don't get an overly physical Batman, and then you get that scene <laughs> where he's he's beating the guy to a pulp, but then gives him a couple extra for good measure, and you're like ooh, <laughs> like you know, and, and even all the uh, you know all the bad guys were sitting there standing back going oh oh shit you know, like um, I wasn't expecting that scene, and I think I think it left an impression on a lot of people right, so um, I think it looks great, man. It's it, it's it's looked very sevenish to me. I know Matt Reeves. Um, no, I I missed the panel, so I didn't hear what he what he spoke about, and I heard it was actually pretty good. So I would have yeah, liked to have seen it. Good. Just I um you know the one the one well, I think the one run of it might have been while I was asleep, and then the other two I just didn't work with my schedule. So uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see what he said. 
Um, but I know he said that his influences were like uh, taxi, taxi, sorry, taxi driver or taxi, was it? Taxi, taxi driver. driver, yeah. Taxi I driver. I think you would have liked uh, what he said, Paul. If you had listened to the panel, I think you would have liked what he said because he, what he talked about in the panel is right up your alley, especially yeah. a more psychological take on on mm-hmm. what the what the toll is doing to him, basically. Yeah. Well, that's I, what I, I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And one, you can even see it like one of the things I appreciate about this trailer, aside from like the the dark tone and the and the violence, um, was. Like when he took his mask off and you'll see the look on his face and the black around his eyes and how messed up mm-hmm. his hair is. I'm like, you know what? That that makes sense, right? That's what it should look like mm-hmm. when you've just been wearing that outfit and getting into fights, right? You shouldn't look like your hair has just been done by a stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, so so those kind of things are are nice. Nice little details, which I appreciate. Uh, I thought the, the back end of the uh, the car looked cool when uh, when it, when the engine <laughs> yep. ignited. Um, you know, the I, I, I got to admit, like, um, well, first of all, the villains, uh, I love the whole like seven aspect of it. Like to me, I just saw seven, like that that tone, mm-hmm. uh, and that and I love that movie. So that mm-hmm. if that's what we're getting, great. Um, it looked like they're they're taking some inspiration from Hush, uh, but but it's the Riddler. Uh, it's clearly yeah. the mm-hmm. the villain. Um, th- those henchmen look like Joker henchmen. Am I missing something? Should I know who those henchmen are? Because they don't look like Riddler henchmen. What are those guys? No, they. they, they, you're... they... Go ahead. No, no, I. I... They look like it, but honestly, um, they're they're always henchmen like this throughout Batman Batman mythos. Whether it's Court of Owls, whether it's Joker, um, there's always I, like street street gangs. We, I mean, but that's a feature of street gangs, right? Um, yeah, and I, I guess. Think but they look they look like they had the Joker smiles on, like yeah. a little bit like the Joker smiles, which is odd. They did. It's and it is on, but don't you know? There, Oswald Cobblepot is in this movie, so he's mm-hmm. and he's definitely some sort of crime lord. He's not the Penguin yet. Um, I still can't I believe that's Colin playing. Farrell. Like even Insane. looking at that picture, it doesn't look like him. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I talked over you. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. I just uh, so yeah, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of like of of generic henchmen. I hope they don't lean <laughs> too heavily into generic henchmen. I mean, I know we saw some in the trailer, but I hope that's not like a a recurring theme theme of him punching out like nameless, faceless henchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll you know we'll see. Um, but overall, I mean, even the even the riddle, like you know, I was amazed how people analyze this. Did you guys see that one riddle? Um, <laughs> that yeah. uh, I shared that tweet with you. Some some guy some. Some guy that's into puzzles and uh, what was his name here? Mike Selinker on uh, it's, uh, Twitter. Yeah. It's he, Mike uh, Several people solved it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so he he solved that thing. And I guess the, the question was, what does a liar do when he's dead? And they give you the symbols, and um, and, then, and you know the card says, uh, what does say? Half an half an a clue. Let's play a game, just me and you. And the answer is he he lies still, right? So. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool that they they put that puzzle in the trailer and it was actually something you could solve, which was nice, right? Because it's it's not always necessarily something that uh, that's meaningful, right? Uh, when you see such a brief clip, but clearly it was in this case, and and to see people solve it was kind of cool. So I think it gives you an idea of of you know what kind of Riddler you're getting and what uh, what this is what this character might look like in this movie. So. I, I loved it. I think it looks great. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, the fact that we're getting a little more Batfleck in The Flash, which you know we'll get to in a minute. Um, but the fact that we still have a door open to maybe get more Batfleck in future uh, removes some of the resentment I might, might have had otherwise for this film. Not, not that I wasn't going to be open to this one anyway, but it makes you feel just a little bit more open to supporting yeah, it. Yeah, so, you're more comfortable um, now. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I think it looks great. I'm fired up for it. And, and boy, did the internet react to it too. And yeah. interestingly enough, everyone's all in favor of dark tone, gritty realism now. But so, <laughs> you know, isn't that always the case, right? It's only a problem when Snyder does it, right? So well, but, uh, to be to be fair with Batman, though, it seems like people are always into people want that with Batman. They do. I don't. Well, I mean, most Batman fans I know were pissed at what happened to Justice League. They where's like, the Batman doesn't Batman kill crowd? That crowd is. I, I even lean a, on them sometimes. I have to agree with them at, on occasion, but it also depends on the iteration of Batman because there are certain very important Batman comics where he kills. So it's. I, I don't know. It, it depends, but the, I had no problem with Snyder's Batman killing. I just didn't because, but by, by the point, especially where he was in his life. I think it makes sense. That's another road to go down in another day. But yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I have no issue with it whatsoever. I'm totally on board with it. But but just all I'm saying is where's that energy from the Batman doesn't kill crowd for this one? Unless I've just blocked them all and don't see them anymore. Cause <laughs> I've seen no negativity towards this. And back, you know, you know, I've seen years of negativity towards Snyder's Batman killing. And this one, everyone's everyone seems on board. So yeah, we'll uh, see if he kills somebody. I'm we'll see, we'll see if they keep that energy, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, without hogging any more, what do you guys think? Lupe, I guess it's on to you. Yep, I'm glad um, you like it, though, Paul. No, I, I, I loved it. Uh, nice. I don't... It hasn't... Like, it met my expectation. Like, if you guys remember, like, I've always, always said that the story is not going yeah. to disappoint. I've always said you it. You have. You've been consistent. Yeah, yeah, Matt Reeves is a fantastic... Yes. Like, the story... I said the story is, is going to be phenomenal. I said I was just concerned about... The, the comic book language, the physical look of like Batman and those more fantastic elements. And I still am. I'm still, I'm, I still, from what I saw, I don't think that Robert Pattinson looks like a fantastic Batman. I don't think he looks like an imposing, an imposing force, but in context, he does look better because I do not believe that he can take out a room full of thugs because he's not as physically imposing as, Comics Batman or Ben Affleck. I guess that's the same thing. But, um. Well, Bell didn't look that imposing, but he. Nolan made it work. Yeah. You know, because Bell didn't look quite as imposing, but he was still. Well, you know. Plot twist. I don't really think that Bale is a great Batman either. Ah! Exactly. Oh, I got there you, you go. That's it. I'm that's, done. that's something that's... That I, don't, I don't tell people a lot, but I don't think that he's a. I, like. He's not like a very tall Batman. A lot of the fight scenes weren't really good. It was a lot of like quick cutting stuff. Like people know, but but I still think that the Dark Knight is a masterpiece. I still think Batman uh, begins as a classic, like a nine out of ten movie. Um, so that's the same perspective I was bringing into this film. That it's possible. Like I do think we can have it all because I think that's what Zack Snyder gave us. I think Zack Snyder brought the story and the fantastical element and I was able to merge them together. But I think that uh, with Reeves, I just got flashbacks to the dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's pretty, it's, he's pretty much doing a Nolan via David Fincher. But um, Paul, you're very right. This is all I saw was seven. This is basically like, and if you look on my, my Twitter feed, I retweeted a lot of tweets I made in the past. I, I've been saying for years that somebody needs to make a Batman film with the Riddler as a villain and make it like seven. Not a campy, goofy Riddler. That's a vestige of the Silver Age. And I was really disappointed to actually see that type of Riddler in the Arkham series. I think that it's very outdated. I think that 
it's it's not relevant to this day, especially when we have a better knowledge of serial killers, of people like the Zodiac Killer who have done this kind of stuff in in real life. Like, so then why are you doing this kind of goofy <clears throat> interpretation that comes from an age when we're ignorant about how, how this kind of psychosis works? So um, I was very impressed. And talking about his effectiveness as a fighting Batman, I think that where this Batman will be effective is this, is he is so batshit crazy. He's that guy that you can probably beat him up but you know that he's going to fuck up your shit. So you're like, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it to mess with this pe- this person because he's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, unless and you're ready to kill him. Unless you're ready to, like, finish yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Don't, don't even start it. Yeah. And even if you kill him, he's going to take your arms and your legs. And is it worth it to lose your arms and your legs? Um, <laughs> no. So I'm going to pass. Um, so that's where I think he can, be, he can be intimidating. Just coming up as this unhinged unstoppable um relentless psychotic uh person very much like a rorschach um mm-hmm. so uh, yeah that's a that's a good comparison like the anger in that uh in that scene is actually reminiscent of, of rorschach a little of bit rorschach right? very um i i liked the cinematography um and as i've said of matt reeves before there's some so the Cinematography is very in, it's an interesting thing to to critique or talk about because there's two types there's two ways to look at cinematography one is image quality and the other is composition so composition is like a lot of what Zack Snyder does the stuff that stands out to people is compositions how the character is posed the angle from which the camera is viewing the character what other objects are in there and the space between them negative space all that stuff that's how you compose a shot. But the image quality has to do with like the lighting, the color grading, um, whether you're, you're, what you're doing with rack focus, um, what you're doing with bokeh effect, that sort of thing. And while Matt Reeves is not phenomenal at composition, image quality is something that's always been very good in his films, even in the apes films, like just the the color grading, Just you, you get it has a very prestige look to it, um, and it it looks it looks fantastic. And yeah. I've, this is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted a Batman that was done like a Seven mystery, and we're yeah. gonna get that. Like, and yeah, the trailer. Like, I love you. You guys know how much I love the Snyder Cut, but the Batman trailer won the day. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. That was that was probably the biggest thing. You're right, the Snyder and. and doesn't matter what it was you know wonder woman 84 i was big on that there were all the footage that we got it was uh, for me this was the trailer i I was so blown away by this thing with and and that was why because i think i went into it not that i didn't want to like it but i wasn't sure if i would and listening to matt reeves talking to a fan because that's aisha is a fan she's amazing i mean she's and and she loves this stuff and you could tell by the way he was talking, that he understood the Batman mythos, he was reading stuff, he respected what – he actually mentioned Snyder a couple of times in it. He understood all the different takes on Batman that came before, and I liked that. And he said, well, this is what we're doing. This is our mark on the character now, and he had a couple of things to say about Pattinson as well, and then – the trailer comes and I wasn't fully expecting maybe a polished trailer and we basically got one and it got the intensity right. And, you know, 
the older Ben Affleck Batman is off his rocker for one reason, and the younger Bat Bruce Wayne is off his rocker for a different. And if they nail this right, and it looks like they're going to, this could really be a good Batman movie. And it's more grounded. It's definitely not set in that fantastical universe, but it doesn't matter because we're getting the multiverse. This can exist, and it doesn't matter. It can exist. It's still canon. The I was surprised by the way the Batmobile looked because that thing looked like a like an old Dodge Charger or something that was just put together and he slapped it together and meanwhile it looks like a beast in this in this uh, quick view that we got of it in this trailer. The music hit the right tone. I was still minorly disappointed in his in the cowl. And I was a little disappointed in kind of like the emo look that Bruce Wayne has in the movie. But still, when he turned full front and looked at Commissioner Gordon, I was surprised that I liked the way it looked. It looked somewhat intimidating. So still a little bit more than we need to learn about this. But overall, for me, this was the trailer that won the day. And this was the one that I got the most psyched over. And I've probably watched this trailer the most out of any of them. And now I'm really looking forward to this movie. And I COVID paused everything. I guess they're starting production again very soon, he said, um, if they haven't already started already. And hopefully they'll hit their new release date and we can go see this thing in theaters. Um, those were the big movie reveals, guys. Thanks for going through those with me. We are we have a couple little tiny things to talk about the movies at the end, but I wanted to go into the two big video game reveals that we got here as well, because I know there's a lot of gamers in the Exiles, and the, the three of us like video games as well. The biggest one started with WB Montreal, and, and they revealed Gotham Knights. Um, so basically, this is going to be a co-op game. And it will let you play as either Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, or the Red Hood. With Batman apparently out of the picture, he leaves a message for everybody saying, I'm dead if you're watching this uh, particular video. It's being developed, as we said, by Warner Brothers Montreal. It's the team that's behind 2013's Batman Arkham Origins. It's supposed to hit us in 2021. Uh, so we get to see the couple of shots of the heroes fighting together. They face off against the very scary Court of Owls. And we also got to see Batgirl and Robin chasing down Mr. Freeze. Uh, the developers hinted, hinted a little bit at some degree of customization options that will be available for all of these heroes as well. Lupe, I'll start with you. What did you think about the reveal? Did you like the little sizzle reel they gave us? Yeah, I think um, it looks like a good game. Um, I wasn't especially like super blown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it was doing anything new and, and crazy in terms of visual effects or lighting or it looked it just it looked like a good game. Um, it's within the Batman world. I mean, it's not Batman technically, so mm-hmm. that's at least good because <laughs> <laughs> we're a bit tired of of Batman overdose, but it's still <laughs> in the Batman world, so kind of sad about that still. Um, but um, it looks like it's going to be fun, and it seems like uh, in the future, like co-op co-op games are like yeah the big thing as like internet gets better and people are able to you know co-op and play play in tandem a lot better. That's becoming like a bigger thing, and then even whether it's uh, AI using characters, but those sort of collaborative. Um, uh, it's it's a very good device for for video games. What I'm hoping is is this is that the games that I've noticed that are the biggest and best these days are very cinematic. Yeah. I did not see a lot of that from this. And when I talk about cinematic, I'm talking about stuff like God God of War. I'm talking <laughs> about like The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, yeah. that have very very powerful narrative elements to to them and have a very cinematic presentation as well. Um, this looks like it's more action-based, um, 
and it's more focused on on the gameplay, which is good. But in this day and age, I mean, I just finished I finished Ghost of Tsushima like a couple weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. Having great gameplay is not enough. You also have to have this remarkable story that people are going to remember um, for a long time. And yeah. um, I didn't see it. I didn't get a sense of that in this game. That's the only thing. That's one thing that that uh, concerned me. But it seems like it's going to be fun. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Paul, what about you? Did we lose Paul? No, oh, sorry, guys. I had, I had oh. myself on mute for a second. I thought <laughs> I took myself off and uh, didn't. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, I don't have a ton to add. Um, you know, I think Lupe hit the nail on the head with a couple of those comments. Like, it looked good, but nothing blew me away about the, the visuals of it. Um, I like the idea that the Court of Owls are in it. I, I'm not a fan of the Bat Family. You guys know how I feel about Bat Family. <laughs> I think it's I think it's cringe. And uh, to to leave uh, Batman out of it, I mean, I get I get the story element as to why he's not there, but I mean that saps some of my enthusiasm for the game. Um, uh, it's I just don't care about any of those characters. I just don't. Um, mm. So that being said, I'm um, still needing to get started on my PS3 Batman games. I got three of them, so <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be at least 10, 15 years before I'm caught up uh, in time to play this one. So we'll see if my opinion <laughs> changes by then. <laughs> we'll be and, and I was guy. gonna say the the biggest turnoff about this was Zachary Levi. Like I say, I had to, I had to turn it off. I felt insulted by the way he was kind of <laughs> speaking, and I just had to turn it off and go out for a go out for a spin. You know, I had to take a take a break, get some exercise, and come back a little later. So uh, you know, I caught part of it, but uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't take the way he was. Maybe that's just him. I just couldn't take it. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's good play. That's a good way to end it. Um, it's uh, no, I'm, I'm with you guys. You guys covered it pretty well. There's not too much to add, especially since we only got a little sizzle reel of it. But uh, I like the open world, you know, action role playing dynamic that they're going for, um, you know, a la Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. And you get, you can upgrade and you can customize. I'm with you. I think they're gonna have to make me really like. Nightwing and Batgirl, and they're going to have to do something. I like the designs of these characters. They look really good, um, and it's it, you know they function well in a video game world, but they're going to have to do something to make me actually really like these characters. I'm sure they will, but remains to be seen yet. We still have the first look, but I do know a lot of fans that were excited about it. This, got, this game got a lot of chatter online, mm-hmm. so hey, we'll see. But they're going down the right path because, like Lupe said, this is the kind of shit that people seem like they're into right now. So uh, mm-hmm. they're definitely, you know, they're, they're jumping on board. The second video game, this was one that I think all three of us looked like, you know, we were looking forward to. We had it on all three of our schedules, mm-hmm. was Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Now, before I, I ask Paul, I'll give you guys a quick rundown during, with the sizzle reel on the panel. It just says the story will take place in the same universe as the Arkham series and centers around the group having to combat and defeat Brainiac, who is controlling the Justice League. The trailer shows a mind-controlled Superman vaporizing the pilot. It supposedly just saved right in front of Harley Quinn. King Shark, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang, and of course we get the usual banter between the team. The panel at DC Fandom also covered some of the plot and the gameplay. It will play similarly to Batman Arkham series with options to play multiplayer or to switch between the characters while the others become the AI. So, this one is developed by Rocksteady, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Paul, what did you think about this one? Again, not being a video game expert, um, I'll just keep it quick and simple. Um, some of the some of the imagery in this one I thought was a little more cinematic, like the Brainiac ship, yeah. um, and just the overall look of it I thought looked at times almost almost photoreal. Um, so I, I thought the look of it at times is really impressive. Uh, the banter between the characters, holy shit, some of that was annoying. Yeah. Like 
<laughs> oh my god. And then and then uh, yeah. Superman just seemed too one dimensionally evil. And I guess what he's being controlled by Brainiac or something, so they want him to be one dimensionally evil. I don't that's, know. I just, that's the yeah. yeah, that's what they're making you think at least. And, yep. And yep. he showed up in his red trunks and then he's <laughs> <laughs> King Shark was cool. I like King Shark. Yeah, it was cool. I got uh, So, so that's it. You know, again, 15 years from now, when I get to play it, if I get to play it, I'll, uh, I'll let you know what I think. I'll, I'll let I'll let more educated parties uh, speak on this one. So, so Lupe, what did you think of it? No, I I actually really liked this one. Now, this one got me excited, and the reason why it got me excited was, um, I thought the banter was really good. Oh, did you? I actually, did, did yeah. You? I actually really loved the way they the the squad interacted. Um, they they had good chemistry. Obviously, a very good voice cast. I love the the lady who voiced Harley Quinn. She's from I mean she's a veteran at at the role. Um, she's done it like over a lot of other um, animated representations of the characters. She has it like mm-hmm. it's second nature to her. Um, I I like the promise of 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 this one it's also a co-op game which is quite interesting um being that gotham knights is also a co-op game and then they said this one it's always going to be the four squad members you can hop in and out of any character anyone can hop in like almost like a battle royale but action yeah, that was a big key yep. rpg like it actually it looks this one i'm really excited about um instead of superman being one note i mean he's not the main focus of like He's he, he's not the focus of this game. So the characters weren't one note. Um, they had more more life and dimension to them, and they had a lot more going on. In terms of him wearing the red trunks, I absolutely hated that. I'm like like come on, like come on, awesome. come on, guys, come on, come on. It's 2020. Do I have to keep begging? They don't surprise me though with them doing that with the developers doing that, especially with this group. This group doesn't, because you saw, I mean, their outfits are, like, all very outlandish in this so far, so I, that really didn't surprise me. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. But it's all good. It's it's all, I mean, this, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but, but I did like this one, and the graphics actually looked next-gen. This actually looked like a next-gen game. Um, yeah. This one, to me, preferred it a hundred times more than Gotham Knights, which didn't excite me, but I will keep an eye for it. Listen to reviews. I might play it um, if I find it on a discount or something on sale, maybe. Um, but this one, <laughs> I am very excited about. Very, very excited about. Yeah, this one, I'm with you. It looked better. Uh, I, I have a little bit of Paul in me here on this one because I don't know. Some of the banter, I liked the fact that they all had personalities and they have very distinct personalities, but some of the banter sometimes I was like, oh my God, really? Jesus Christ. I, I, uh, I couldn't stand but, Captain Boomerang. I yeah, it's <laughs> shut up. Um, however, and I think with Superman, I I agree. I think he's not the focus here. So I, if he is a one no character, I'm okay with him being a one no character because if he gets out of Brainiac's control at the very end or whatever, it doesn't really matter. The focus of the game is the Suicide Squad, not him. Uh, so, but we also don't know exactly what's going on here either. So there's probably more at play. I'm sure there is. But with this company's track record, I'm sure it will be highly entertaining. There'll be a couple of uh, <gasps> moments, and I'm sure there'll be a couple moments that parents won't be pleased with too. So it'll, <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. There were a couple things to round this out before we kind of finish off on what we really liked and if there were any disappointments that we had. Uh, they did do, I don't know if you guys watched it, so I'll very briefly touch on it. They did do a Shazam and an Aquaman trailer uh, panel. The Aquaman panel 
to me, guys, there was nothing there. It was Patrick Wilson and James Wan, and really what they did was kind of do a, kind of a roundup of what happened the first time. They went, they did a deep dive into Atlantis, and then they talked about how the second one will have a little bit more of a, a serious tone. But there was no Jason Momoa. There really wasn't much there, and I found the panel to be very boring. Do either one of you have something that you really want to add to that? I didn't think there was much there. Uh, I'll just add that I was, I didn't see it, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised to hear that Juan said he learned from some mistakes and is going to be more serious the next time around. Because I mean that mm-hmm. was one of the major, major problems in Aquaman was the uh, just the, the cringe-inducing dialogue uh, was <laughs> yeah. just, horrible just dialogue, horrible dialogue, out of place musical choices, just. And you could you you just have to feel that that was uh, a committee decision to inject mm-hmm. more humor and mm-hmm. uh, and God if they can get away from that what a huge win that'll be so that's that's positive um, I hear you. and that's yep. that's I'm almost to be quite honest more serious is one of the most important things you could possibly if that's all he said if he just came on and said more serious and walked off it would have been a victory, right? <laughs> Paul's good <laughs> so no, so but, that, but that's, also, that's great news something he also said was he said something about. Real world issues going on this day, yeah. and that's I've always said about these blockbusters. At least for me personally, anyone can like whatever they want. Sure. But the way I judge blockbusters is this: you're you're it's entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. But so so if you succeed at entertaining, fine, dandy. Where I begin to place these blockbusters on a higher pedestal is if you're saying something about the world that we live in, who we are as people who we are existentially, politically, whatever, and you're saying it with depth and seriousness. So that's why, for me, in terms of Marvel, I'll always put the Winter Soldier above, like, all Marvel movies in a class of its own because it's saying something about the world we live in, some very, very serious issues and thought-provoking stuff using these blockbusters. So yeah. um, him him that means that he... He, he's kind of coming to understand that. Um, so, Paul, that was just a buttress of point. Yeah, so. no, no, and, and Lupe, I agree with you. I would just add to that that as long as it's not simplistic, mm-hmm. uh, preachy, or biased, I'd like something nuanced with some gray if they're going to approach it, this series issues and, mm-hmm. and try to, um, you know, whatever issue it is, try to examine it from both perspectives in a realistic way. Mm-hmm. And and let the audience decide where they lie and how they feel. Even if you're steering them slightly one way, don't don't dumb it down. Um, obviously, bias it and then hit us over the head with what the right answer should be. That's mm-hmm. what I dislike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Um, the the other the other one that they talked about was Shazam. Um, I you know I know that the especially the Snyder Cut community DC fans are divided. On Shazam and and whether they like it, the tone of Shazam, the story of Shazam, just a divisive movie. Shazam is a divisive movie. I did like the first one. Um, I was looking forward to some information about the second one. I was also underwhelmed with this panel. If you guys have different thoughts, let me know. He, Zachary Eli, Levi, sorry, he was joined with most of his castmates, and then we got the director, and then also... (laughs) Also, Sinbad jumped in and said that he's going to have a prominent role in Shazam 2. Uh, he did not reveal who he's going to be playing in it. Um, Adam Brody joined, and then they said that the movie is going to be called Shazam Fury of the Gods. So that apparently was the biggest reveal of the day when it came to Shazam. Wasn't much else. It was just them kind of having fun. The kids especially in the cast, I have to admit, I liked seeing them. That was very nice. Uh, it was good to see Asher Angel. It was good to see Megan Good. It was good to see Faith Herman. Um, however, at the same time, this was not a earth-shattering 
panel by any means, but it did. If you're a fan of Shazam and you liked it, I, maybe you're happy that you're going to see Sinbad and you're going to. It's now called Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Lupe, do you have anything you want to add there? Nope. Okay, cool, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone? First of all, did Zachary Levi apologize to Snyder no. fans because I heard no. he was going to comment on the Snyder cut? What did he say? Anyone know? I heard nothing about this. I went looking. I had to do a search on on Shazam too to even find some mention of this panel. It was nowhere on my timeline. I didn't see any of the panels. I just thought if he apologized, which I assumed he was going to, that I'd hear about it. Didn't hear about it. I don't think he did apologize. I saw someone say that the whole thing was just rather silly. And this was like not someone from our movement. This was some check, some random check mark on Twitter that just said, well, here's the title. And the whole thing was just rather odd and silly, which is in keeping with what we've seen of Shazam so far. Um, The title Fury of the Gods sounds like they might be going more serious, but I, have a hard time buying that mm-hmm. after, especially after what we saw with with Levy even here mm-hmm. at this at this fandom. Um, he's all in on the believing that his core audience is eight years old, uh, and I maybe that's true. Maybe that is their core audience. Maybe they yes. are going for the eight to eight to twelve year old um, demographic, right? That eight to thirteen maybe range is what they're targeting, and he's going all in on that. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got not, I got nothing I got nothing no, to say uh, nothing about it, but. Say. But what I would say is we should talk about Black Adam because if we're getting yes, on the topic of Shazam, yeah. uh, yes, wow! Can, can we can I jump right into Black Adam? Yeah, go for it. Because there's, there's uh, not much else to say about Shazam to him. And yeah, go for it. Go for it. Holy shit! Did Black Adam look good? I really yeah. enjoyed that panel and that animated short. Uh, to give you sort of the background, was great. And and they were saying all the right things. I don't heard. I don't think I heard The Rock say humor, funny, fun, lighthearted, nothing. I don't think I heard any of that. The only thing that made me cringe was. Uh, was the truth, justice, and the Black Adam way. But everything else sounded like they were going to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like he was really invested in it and and mm-hmm. and, and not messing around with, with the mm-hmm. tone. And I hope I hope I'm not wrong. But it sounded really good. The the the, the, the cartoon looked really good. I love that they're introducing Doctor Fate, mm-hmm. uh, Hawkman. The other two I don't need. I don't know anything about Cyclone or Adam Smasher, but I I feel like that might be too much going on. Like if you told me it was just Black Adam, Hawkman and Doctor Fate sold these other two worry me a little bit um but hey whatever time will tell um but my my biggest and and clearly he's he's still teasing for uh for a confrontation with henry henry cavill yeah he keeps pushing that (laughs) yeah he's i mean he whether that's in this movie or he's setting up for down the road i mean you can tell he's going there and he's not being shy about it uh i I personally don't want them to go there in this movie if if it was as i say if it was just black adam hawkman and dr fate Good enough. I don't need anything more. Uh, keep it serious. Mm-hmm. Lean into the mythology behind the character. Um, that, that's what I want to see. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to see jokes. And and my biggest concern about this is how do you keep Shazam out of this universe? Because Shazam, <laughs> Shazam belongs with Black He's Adam. The only, the only that, way you can save Black Adam is to keep concern. Shazam out. Yeah. We don't well, want. I don't want to see Shazam with with this. With no, this. nowhere near it. Like unless and, they recast. Unless they recast yeah. Levy. And I'm so I'm sorry to people who like Shazam and are like, oh no, it's yeah, I'm, and I'm blah, one blah, of them. Blah. But I'm one of them. The truth, the truth of the matter is that there is a reason. It looks like the Rock has distanced himself from the Shazam property. Yes, and it makes a ton of like, sense. Like there's lot because he could have. Why didn't he make a cameo in the first Shazam movie? Why isn't Shazam making a cameo here? Like I think that obviously they're they're gonna end up meeting somehow, some way. But I can see that they have vastly different tones they're made for vastly different audiences like he's taking this stuff seriously like 
I could see that The Rock was quite reticent to get into political issues of, you know, people being enslaved and, but he was almost there. I was like, ooh, <laughs> this guy, though, because he was, because, you know, the, the history of the character is that this is a character who came from a wealthy civilization, but they had slaves and then he rose up from, and, you know, he was connecting that to the real world and he was about to go into, you know, people being trampled upon and enslaved and, and, you know, the system like churning and chewing out people and, you know, and he just, he stopped short of that because, I mean, he's, he seems to be someone who doesn't really take very harsh political sides. Also, I think he's a Republican. We doesn't say anything bad about him, yeah, but, um, yeah. but I think that, you know, you he wanted did, he to did. walk that line. I mean, I think he did get into those topics. Like, I mean, he didn't, I, I mean, maybe your perspective is different than mine, but I didn't think he necessarily shied away from the whole breaking free of slavery and coming back angry and not messing around and dishing yeah, no, out he, his, he did, he his connect, own brand of justice, right? Yeah, no, he didn't connect it to the real world. Oh, yeah, I see. He, um, his well, I think was it was, his, I, I thought it was implied. I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I was kind of, I thought there was some implied yeah, no, connection. No, it was, it, it, was, it was implied. It was, and he was going there, but he didn't vocalize it. He, he he didn't he didn't come out and say it's close to me because you know right like I'm okay. part black or I'm a person of color and you know mm-hmm. there are these issues that we deal with in the world you know we've been going through Black Lives Matter and you know someone who's a champion for people who are downtrodden people are like whoa 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 mm-hmm. hold up too much dip on that chip yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yeah he no, I I get what you're saying though I I think I I felt it was implied but you're right he he did. He did tap the brakes before going all in on it. Yeah, I guess from that perspective, right? Yeah, because he did talk about how like superheroes, they have to exhibit a little bit of restraint, especially when it comes mm. to taking care of bad guys, uh, taking care of the people who are opposite them, who are opposing them, who are in your way. Um, but he said he liked the idea that he could take all of Black Adam's power, and he does not practice restraint. It makes for a powerful combination, one that's explosive, one that's dangerous, one that's very likable. So he's hinting at a couple of different things in there without actually going going hard. And actually saying mm. something, but you could see it. You could see what he's saying in there. Um, I look. I'm a little opposite of you guys. I, I actually liked Shazam. I, I did enjoy that movie, and I've told you this in the pod previously. It was Levi's the one. He took me out of it only because Billy Batson and the character of Shazam are so opposite. Like, there's none of. They don't seem like the same person, and it should mm-hmm. seem like a 14 year old in a superhero's body, and it's just not there. The moments with him and his family, I really liked. I know Paul and I disagree on the ending scene with the family getting together. I would like to see more of that. It's going to be interesting to see how they blend these universes together, but Paul, as you said, I think they have to. They don't really have much of a choice because they're yeah, so. Yeah, they don't have a choice. But well, you know what? I, I totally agree with you, Christian. That that Levi was was the problem. He's the wrong fit. He's younger. He's younger um, from a personality perspective than mm-hmm. than the kid was, right? The yeah, kid was, a, yeah, which is a major problem. Um, yeah. But then the whole family having these powers. I mean, it just cheapens the whole. It just cheapens the whole character. Like the. Oh, and, and, no uh, way. Ugh. Oh no. Yeah, way. no. I just think it's got to got to the background, man. No way. Oh, the uh, whole family sharing the Shazam powers just cringe, just awful. Uh, Can you imagine that in the Black Adam movie with everything Rock just the Rock just said? Can you well, imagine Zachary Levi, Zachary Levi, and the whole Shazam family showing up? Oh my God, awful. I mean, difference of opinion, obviously, but holy crap, Sometimes I could not. No, I could, no, just, no, but it, it, it's not a fit because the tone of this was quite somber, quite serious. There was like mm-hmm. danger. It would not fit. Stakes like. I really, 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 
really like um I really and and I've always I've always expected this like I've always been very excited about The Rock joining uh, the DCEU. I just was concerned that he was he came in on that Jeff Johns when Jeff Johns was was being an asshole and just funning everything up and humor and heroics and you know Rock is known for action comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's known for but but The Rock is also known for some badass like serious stuff. Not serious, but you know, he he can be a badass when he needs to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's something that I've been very excited about. If he takes this role on the way Black Adam is portrayed in comics because Black Adam is not a joker. There is no iteration of him where he jokes around. Mm-hmm. This is a this guy's serious as a heart attack. And just seeing Imagine the rock tap into that. And let's also, before we go on, before I forget, let's just, nobody's as strong as Superman, okay? <laughs> let's just, like, let's not get carried away. A lot of writers and a lot of artists, when they're trying to prop up a character, there are two things that they do. They try, they make them fight Superman. To So, for example, like, Wonder Woman would, like, hit, punch Superman, and, you know, he'll, he'll reel, or, you know, they also do it to Batman, you know, to show how, stronger character is but let's make no mistake about it at full strength nobody is a stronger superman nobody okay but let's let's let him have his fun no it's true i mean and he's he's always the justice league mvp so yeah that's pretty much what it is so it's it's true and it's still i agree with both you guys from that respect it will be tough to blend the two tones. So, well, hopefully we'll see. But you know what? Let's get with this one first before we even bother to, to see if they're going to blend the tones. I just want to see them do this and do it right. Um, we mentioned before we closed this sucker out on our last pod, all of us said that multiverse panel and potentially the flash panel could say a lot about what they're doing moving forward. And there wasn't a ton there. However, one of the things about the multiverse panel I wanted to mention, I wanted you guys to talk about it, was they said that it was just the beginning. Um, On that panel, DC executives Jim Lee, Walter Hamada, Greg Berlanti uh, was hosted by Tiffany Smith. The biggest news that came from the panel was the confirmation that the multiverse officially exists between the films and the TV shows. The crossover between Ezra Miller's Flash and Grant Gustin's television Flash is now canon. In both universes, that's official. The three executives heavily tease that the multiverse concept is coming. Berlanti confirmed that the multiverse isn't dead. Hamada implied that future films will explore the concept further. It is almost certain that they're te- obviously teasing the upcoming solo Flash film. They also confirmed that the long-standing mover that the Batman film exists in a separate Earth than the current Justice League Earth. He directly said it takes place on Earth 2, but that seemed to be a throwaway comment, so no one is 100% sure. Piggybacking on that, by the way... Right after that, we got the Flash panel, and in the Flash panel, we got that amazing reveal of what looks like the new 52 Flash suit, which has serious Flashpoint vibes, and it looks like we got behind him, standing behind him, Michael Keaton's Batman in mm-hmm. all his uh, 1989 glory, and we know we're getting Ben Affleck back in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of shit to end this podcast on, so I'll start with you, Paul. I think I'll go with you first. What do you think of all this? What does this mean for you in the future, getting your Ben Affleck back? What's all this about? Well, I mean, I'm still – I was a little underwhelmed. I mean, they mm-hmm. talked a lot about the CW and and that kind of stuff, right? And they were really proud of that uh, – the two they Flash that clip. Scene. Oh, my they God. They that and, scene. And I, I going hard on time, that. that. Like, while I appreciate what the uh, the reason for that scene was, 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was some of the hardest cringe I've, I've ever seen. I said that at the time, <laughs> and it still it still was. And they kept showing it to us on two different panels, and uh, wow, it was uh, it's still no better than it was, right? But um, yeah, I didn't really feel like they told me nearly as much in terms of specifics as I was hoping we might get, right? So so yeah, the multiverse is a thing. Yeah, let's everyone uh, you know get get the kind of content they like without uh, arguing, I guess, about canon, but. I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like I, I learned much new here, right? Like, I mean, the big news for me of the week was Affleck being part of at least the starting universe in the Flash movie. Um, so we already had that before Fandom, and we still don't know if we're going to get more. I mean, I think we're all optimistic. Yeah, we don't uh, know if that's seemed... like an ending for his character or not. So right, because yeah. we don't know. We don't know we're going to end in that universe. They didn't tell us that. They didn't tell us that Batfleck's going to carry on. We didn't get. Uh, a, a, an air cut announcement. We didn't get a Batfleck on HBO announcement. Um, so, what did we really get out of that multiverse panel? I didn't feel like I got much. Um, and then the Flash panel was kind of goofy, right? And uh, <laughs> and sorry, should I talk about both at the same time? Or are we? Yeah, go the Flash for it. Panel? Yeah, yeah. No, I'll take them. Yeah. yeah so, them so I thought the Flash panel was goofy. I mean, Ezra Miller getting into, you know, something. I mean, he made some joke about a hippo being faster than something i don't know but anyway i mean he was he was going off and and I, you know the, the flash costume was kind of cool uh the, the concept art but we, we'd already heard snyder say that uh, i think it was back at back at snyder con last year that his intention was always that this the first suit that we saw in justice league was sort of a his own homemade prototype and that the next director when we finally do get a flash movie would be able to evolve the suit with the help of uh funding from bruce wayne right and I think that's where they're going with this as well. And I think the suit could look cool. I mean, even though it's only concept art, I mean, it's got sort of the uh, what looks like the glowing sort of uh, lightning lines through it, almost like something out of Tron or uh, um, I don't know. It's a look I've seen a couple places, but yeah, I thought that I thought that looks cool. I mean, I don't have a problem with this current suit in, in Justice League. I think I I kind of like it, but um, yeah, I just didn't take a whole lot from those panels and. Um, I wasn't really – I didn't find that Christina Hodson had anything really, Not really meaningful or memorable to say. Yeah. So, And I'm already skeptical about her writing. I hope she proves me wrong, but I am skeptical. So I don't know. I thought I thought both of those panels were underwhelming because I thought there was a chance we might get something good in those panels. And uh, I didn't find there was anything new or exciting coming out of them. Um, I don't know. Am I missing yeah. anything? Lupe, what uh, – no, do you have a different um, take on those? Same take. Nothing too exciting. The Flash costume – I thought it was basic. Like, to me, I love the Snyder costume because it's something completely different. It just it just has a different aesthetic to it. It's a creative visionary spin on something that's always been. Um, a lot of these other costumes, like the one from the... Which, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying in terms of, oh, I'm getting excited. Did you see the Flash costume? No, it's a Flash costume. It has some, you know, lines for light. Okay. Well, and there's, and there's a reason why Snyder's costume looks the way it does. There's some thought put into it. Some, yeah, yeah. No, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what I appreciate about that costume. And and the mm-hmm. new one, you're right. It's just, oh, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, you could say, oh, it's very comic accurate. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's been around for decades upon decades upon decades. So, I mean, if you're not tired of it by now, more props to you. Um, but... Yeah, but that's not like that's not denigrating it. It's just I'm just saying I didn't there was nothing to get excited about. I did get atoned for 
who the creators are and what they're going for and how it's going to be a little bit more. Um, There's going to be time travel. I can see them adding more he- some humor to it, but it can also still have dark elements. Since there's going to be Batman in it, I guess it can be way too, hopefully, too comedic. And obviously, there's going to be death of family members and obviously there's tragedy when you try to change the timeline and things go wrong. Um, but that can be done very well. If you remember Edge of Tomorrow, that's a movie with time travel elements. Yep. That's yep. quite serious and quite has, you know, some heft. You know to what? It has some good comedy in it, too, though. I actually yeah, like the comedy in Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, it has actually good comedy to it. So I can see them doing this. I can see them doing the same thing. I have no issues with that. Um, in terms of the multi- multiverse, um, yeah, we didn't learn anything substantial, just like what we, we know. What I would like to add for our audience, so our audience can always be the most sophisticated and learned uh people when talking about these things is that part of this whole thing about multiverse is has to do with at&t maybe not exactly directly but it is a fallout of it a positive fallout an externality a positive externality if you may and it's that so when at&t came into time warner one of the things that they wanted to do was they call it um breaking down the silos if you've ever heard that phrase being used by any of the execs so warner brothers was time warner was segmented into different um into different you know companies whether it's warner brothers studio was different from hbo was different from tnt was different from cw and they all had different offices different agendas different creators different executives blah 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 there was little cohesion the worst thing about that was that they were all in competition. Now, let's stick to DC when we talk about this. So you had a situation where CWDC was in competition, direct competition with DC on Warner Brothers in Warner Brothers Studio. If you guys can remember, there've been there's been quite a bit of um criticism from CW creators like when Zack Snyder cast Ezra Miller as the Flash one of the guys on there was like oh you know why did he cast Grant Gustin like you know whatever whatever like criticizing obviously that that led to and all that stuff has led to fans also clashing so one of the things that AT&T has wanted to do and is to be more efficient as a company with everyone working together being able to flow easily from you know one one division to to another and more cohesion. So what you're seeing with this multiverse thing is that I think people are going to start to play nicer together, and it's going to be a a, a, a situation where um, you know everyone is stronger together rather than being in competition with, with each other. And that's a place where Marvel has also kicked DC's ass because. There's been a very cohesive way that they have done things. Yes, they haven't had different iterations, but that has meant that you don't have somebody saying, oh, no, the Tony Stark on this version is better than the Tony Stark in this version. Where in DC, you're having like people saying that CW Superman is the correct Superman. But now they've found a way to to make everybody be able to play nice together and using that multiverse theory is uh, very intelligent. So I think that yeah. one of the positive things that we should see from now going forward is the acceptance from everybody that that's just another Earth 
And I think that creators are going to stop competing as much with each other, especially as they begin to do a lot more crossovers from movie characters to TV. I expect that HBO Max is a place where you you will see quite a bunch of that because you're going to be able to have prestige offerings on there. So it will be easy to bring people from TV on there, people from even CW and bring them up there as well. Um, I think HBO Max would, would be a place where you see that happen a lot more than anywhere else. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, I agree. I, and, and, and you're right. That's always been one place where Disney Marvel has, you know, it's everything. You get that, if you want to call it quality control or whatever it is, they're at least from the top down, you always have that. And with the multiverse theory, whatever you want to call it, that they're that they're thinking about doing. And I know, I agree with you guys that there wasn't this like massive reveal. I liked the fact that they acknowledged it and it seems like they're going all in because you'll have more of that cohesion. Doesn't necessarily mean that universe A has to follow universe B. No, absolutely not. A Snyderverse, for instance, can go off and do whatever the hell it wanted to. But now it's accepted. Now it's pushed. Now it's encouraged. Now, Whereas before, that might not have happened. Yes, I understand that competition might breed some ingenuity and all that kind of stuff and innovation. Not when it's within the same company. Now they start cannibalizing mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to necessarily get that cannibalization. Instead, you're going to get the fact that AT&T from the top down will say, yes, we support that. That's good. Go ahead and do it. You could do that. And then somebody could say, well, I want to do something really silly. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Do it. We can just make that Earth 10. Knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, it doesn't matter. And I think that that's where some of that positive comes from. And not too much was revealed, really. You guys both said it on the Flash panel, except for the fact that it really does seem like our theories are correct. They're pushing towards Flashpoint, and that will be the opening up of the multiverse to say this is all existing, it all happens, and it's all under DC now. It's not DC TV, it's not DC Universe, it's not the DCEU, whatever. It is DC. And story A is just as important as story B. So the Snyderverse is just as important as the CW to us. Nothing stands above one or the other. You're a fan of Snyderverse? Fantastic. We have something for you. Oh, you're the fa- you're a fan of this? Fantastic. We have something for you as well. It's something that Marvel doesn't have right now in their multimedia, and DC can really differentiate themselves with this. So I'm still looking forward to this. You're right. There wasn't a big reveal here, but I still think that it's a step in the right direction for them to really flesh out these characters and give us a lot of iterations that, we, that we, maybe we didn't have before. Before okay. I... Uh, pass the baton back to you, Lupe, to close us out. I just want to hear you guys. What were your favorite moments for this? And did you have a big disappointment? Was there something really missing here that you really wish that you had? Um, but I do want to hear your favorite moment too. So, Paul, I'll start with you. Yeah, uh, favorite was, was you know for obvious reasons the Snyder <laughs> cut. Uh, nice Snyder cut teaser and panel. Uh, really pleasantly surprised by both uh, the Batman. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say surprised by the Batman, but really liked the Batman. Um, and pleasantly surprised by the Black Adam uh, panel. So that, those are my three wins. Nice. nice. And my my disappointment would be that we had nothing about the uh, continuation of the Snyderverse, the release of the air cut, mm-hmm. or any continuation of uh, Ben Affleck on HBO Max. Which, you know, to, to, in fairness, I didn't have really high hopes that we'd get any of that during DC Fandom. But there was a little part of me hoping for maybe something, maybe some hint that we could. Um, attach hope to and I, I didn't really hear them address it at all really nothing right. new anyway that we didn't already know mm-hmm. I hear you Lupe what about you um, for me similar mm-hmm. the Snyder Cut was just that is, the Snyder Cut is love is life is everything <laughs> it's the alpha 
and wink wink it's the omega yeah it didn't disappoint in any way at all um i'm just i'm so excited um as paul said the reception to it has been has been um quite overwhelmingly positive and there has been a lot of reception to it as well it's actually uh been very 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 popular um as well not that you know i'm i'm concerned about its popularity or if people like it or not but um it bears watching because the continuation of it is going to depend on its success um and bringing in new people would would can only be positive for that um in terms of haters the usual haters it is what it is we really don't care um the the most <laughs> impactful for me was the batman that one took me from yeah. zero to 100 um, more than anything else. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, Suicide Squad, Kill, the Justice League. That was another one that was a favorite of mine. Black Adam as well. So impressed with that. I can't wait for them to really start um, working on that. The costume that I've seen is amazing so far. I really love the gauntlet on his on his arms and the shin uh, the shin guards. Also love that the suit is quite textured. Um, has I don't know what it's going to look like when it's fully uh, completed, um, but the, the suit looks like really, really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the four things that stood out to me. And just just wrapping it all up, I don't I don't have any disappointments because mm-hmm. anything else that I might have wanted would have been gravy on 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 the main course would have been icing on the cake um i got everything that i wanted i just didn't get everything i dreamed and hoped for in my fantastical dreams with a lamp with a genie granting me wishes (laughs) but um but in in closing for the whole thing um i think it's really amazing what they were able to accomplish i think um we Talking about this in comparison to Comic Con, this felt like a Comic Con level event, and yeah. the fact that it was virtual, online, um, is breathtaking. The fact that they had only three months to put it together, and they were able to execute it flawlessly, is freaking amazing. Comic Con is looking at them like, God damn. Especially after got, San Diego, man. After especially like especially after San Diego, the the this Comic Con at home that just had like this is what it was supposed to be, but they weren't able to get this, and um, it's it's amazing. Like this really shows like what T- AT and T has brought to the table. They obviously have had this technology and the competency with them. They're a technology company. Um, doing virtual events is is something that I'm sure. They just knew how to do it already. So once a suggestion came up, they were like, oh, yeah, we know how to do this. Let's slap it together. <laughs> and they've blown this out of the water. Um, this is what they need to do. I'm not sure if they will do this every year. I don't think they can because um, just you need to have, you know, one, keep people waiting. And also you need to have actual mm-hmm. stuff to announce. Like D23, right, is not every year. Is it? I don't think so. I think it's by annual. Every every second year, yeah. 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 So I think I think you'll see something similar. 
I think Comic-Con has to be quaking in their boots because they have to beg these guys to come back. But I think that they'll, they'll come to Comic-Con because I'm sure they're small, you know, trailers that they can show and that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, Comic-Con yeah. needs to watch out. Um, for don't. once, DC is beating Marvel. They've beaten Marvel to the punch. If Marvel ever does anything like this, it's going to be a copycat of of DC like DC did it first. So the question is can they can they um are they okay being the copycats? The only thing I can think of is this. The next step for this is an actual physical con. Mm-hmm. Like a physical con and then you tandem it with virtual attendance. Yeah, I think that that's probably, you know, exactly what you said. This was has to be looked at as a success all around. And I think that especially with the failure, because San Diego Comic-Con was blasted by everyone as an abject failure. Like it just, mm-hmm. everybody was like, this thing was boring. It was whatever. We could use every negative ad- adjective that we want to. This, by all intents and purposes, was a success. And, and I have minor disappointments, but they are very minor in comparison to what we got, what we received, the interaction with the fans. They were very good on social media. They gave people what they wanted for the most part. And it's true. Um, I saw some of the Marvel versus DC arguing online. I disagreed with it because Marvel's doing fine and DC now is also going to do fine. So guess what? As a comic fan, I win. I have no problem with this. DC needs to step up their game and be up there where they are, regardless mm-hmm. of whether the three of us liked individual movies. It was always seen as being behind Marvel. I -hmm. need them to be on par with Marvel so that the competition continues to stay good. If the competition's high, we get better products, hopefully, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So I like this, and these are great characters that deserve the spotlight. So from that aspect, yeah, I think it was a big win. And if they can move on to something in the future where you have both a virtual and a physical at the same time, it's a win. Who knows what Marvel and Disney have up their sleeves? They have a ton of money as does WB, but so I don't put it past them to suddenly blow something out next year. But if they do something virtual that's similar to this, they will look like copycats, and they should look like that way. It's mm-hmm. fine. Let DC have their moment in the sun here because it was good. My my biggest positives, ob- number one was that Batman trailer. Blown away. Totally blown away with that thing. And as one of my favorite characters, I was so happy with what I saw, and I hope to see even more. The Snyder Cut reaffirmed that this is going to be a much different version and it's going to be better than what we got, and it's closer, or, and it is his vision, not closer to his vision, it is his actual vision. I was happy with that. Um, and there were a couple, like Wonder Woman 84 just reaffirmed that I want to see that movie. So there was so much positive. The only negative that I want to mention, and it's very small, is that I didn't get enough of the comics in this particular um, in this particular virtual event. There were a couple of panels that were dedicated to comics. They, 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 worked, uh, they, they definitely tried to highlight some women of color. Um, some minority creators. I thought that was fantastic, and they did a good job there. However, I don't think they did as good a job as they could have. They could have addressed the cutbacks at DC. They did not, and they wanted to keep it all positive, and that's fine. However, we did get something very good. In that surprise panel, we learned that Milestone Comics is coming back. And Milestone Comics, Lupe, you may you may appreciate and, and be familiar with this as well because I know we've talked about it in the past, has guys like St- like Static Shock. Is going mm-hmm. to be coming. This is a house, a comic house, that, and a line that really pushed minority characters, especially black characters, to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And it got forgotten about for a while. And it's coming back on Black History Month, 2021. That's a perfect time to do it. Static Shock had a couple of seasons. It was a great TV show. I actually really enjoyed it when I was a kid. Um, so that comic line is now starting to come back. And I think that they, if they can highlight some creators there, 
they have a win on their hands. Mm-hmm. And Jim did, Lee did you really hear seems not to, Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but did you hear that they are developing the Static Shock movie? Yeah, yeah, they're going to be developing a movie. I think that's great. I think that's great. So Milestone is going to be influencing DC as well moving forward. Go back to the multiverse that we talked about earlier. There's so many directions that they could go here. Um, and it's great that they're making a movie. I think that's I think that's really good news. It's just I would have liked to see a little more of the comics, but I think we will on September 12th. I think we will on September 12th. Yeah, I was about 12th. to say. Yeah. So I think that the focus of September 12th is not going to be uh, – Big like AAA games and blockbuster movies, and yeah. it's going to be comics. But also, we have to you know recognize that you know DC is is a it's an entertainment media enterprise. Absolutely, like, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no, I agree with that. The, the, I'm really curious to see. Um, we're we're going to do a preview. Obviously, we're going to dive in, investigate, and see what the 12th has to offer us. Definitely. Um, and I want to I want to end before I throw the football to you, uh, Lupe. Jim Lee himself did say in there, he said um, when he was talking about AT&T, he addressed people hating DC Comics. Uh, I'm sorry, AT&T hating DC Comics. And he said, no, I don't think they want to stop us from publishing comics. This was his quote. Comics serve a lot of different purposes. And one of them, it's a great way to incubate ideas and create the next great franchise. So. Apparently they're listening to him. That's fantastic because all this great stuff we're going to get on HBO Max and in the movies, a lot of that does come from those creators' minds and then directors and producers can take it in a different direction. So I throw the football back to you to end it. This was great, guys. Thanks a lot for revisiting DC Fandom with me. This event was way more positive than I thought it was going to be, and I had so many good feelings after leaving this thing. Absolutely. Thank you very much for hosting. You did an amazing job. We won the championship, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike my poor Rams, thank you. (laughs) So that's our episode of ENN for the day, a special one. ENN episode number 40. And on our way out, uh, let's say goodbye to the people. Christian, tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs to discuss more about DC Fandom with you. Goodbye to the people. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the same place, chart6363. Hit me up. Want to talk about it. Nice. And Paul, what about you? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can. as always, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Paul underscore P. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter at LiveLoveLupe, on Vera at LiveLoveLupe as well. I've been yours truly, Lupe. Uh, Look out for my review of Tenet. I am going to see it. Woo-hoo! today in, oh, in less oh, than in, in about exactly 12 hours as a matter of fact um I, so it, it's my second most anticipated movie of the year i think it might be my most anticipated movie of the year since i think army of the dead is being bumped to 2021 Good for uh, you. Good so for yeah you. i'm super excited don't worry i'm gonna you know wear my mask i'm going at kind of an <laughs> earlier showing so i've already looked at the pre-bookings it's pretty much an empty theater apart from one person who sat like in the corner or something. So <laughs> I'm going to try to stay as safe as possible. Um, and I will take the risk so that you don't have to. So um, I'll put out the review for tenant <laughs> as soon as possible, like immediately. Um, and also even on our next episode of ENN, I'm sure you guys will have questions uh, for me about my experience in the yes, theater sir. and the film. Yeah, so that has been Ian in episode 40. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for hanging in there with us and, and enjoying this. Um, we look forward to seeing you on episode number 41. And until then, 
no matter what you do, wherever you go, stay exiled. 